go-to beer, I would have to say Amber Bach, right? If, I, if I'm at, uh, if I'm like getting a pitcher at Flanagan's or at Sports Grill, I'll go for Amber Bach. If I'm buying it at a store for like a party, of course, I'm going for the go-to Heineken and uh, never Corona, right? Uh, I mean, my, my all-time favorite MC is Common. My all-time favorite group is De La Soul. But I have to say my all-time favorite artist is Aesop Rock and uh, all-time favorite album by Aesop Rock, The Impossible Kid, but uh, Balloon Mind State, my favorite album of all time. Ooh, uh, you're asking a fat boy. I know about this. Uh, out in Kendall, we got a lot of Colombian Peruvian restaurants, so um, uh, I could go for an empanada or a sancocho, right, or a bandeja paisa, or from a Peruvian restaurant, some arroz chalfa or a lomo salteado, or a sopa chupe, a shrimp freaking gumbo that they have. Oh, fantastic, brother. Bomb food. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. We're back at it. Another week, another episode, another guest. I am Old Head Ed, your host of this show. And I'd like to welcome you back if you've been here before. Help yourself to the fridge. This is your first time here. Welcome to the humble abode. This podcast here, we discuss three things. Beer, music, and food. Mm-hmm. And typically, I'm accompanied by a, uh, an esteemed guest. And we get into the guests, beer taste, music taste, and food taste, which might sound redundant, but we do that too. But not before we get to know our guests. This time around, I'm going to welcome a man who's been at the core of hip-hop when it comes to South Florida. You know, one of the names you're going to hear mentioned, especially when it comes to events, ciphers. Uh, The reason I say that is because if it's not a Vice City cipher, if it's not a cipher in the circle, if it's not Scythe Life Radio, there's a lot of circles that are happening here. Um, <laughs> when, I'm, when, when, I, when I'm talking about this man, I'm talking about this dude that has a combination of numbers and letters for a name. <laughs> and he will get highly offended if you don't spell his name with an eight. Man, talking about Doc Aqua, H. Two Owens. Oh, you freaking did your homework, brother. <laughs> bomb, bomb. Super daps from far away. We're doing the kid and play in space right now, bro. <laughs> the heel kick, the heel kick. <laughs> the heel kick, baby. Bomb. That's the only way I could do it in my mind. I can't, I could never fucking get the, the kid and play down, dog. That and the running man. I fucking have no fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, yo, it takes a good amount of coordination, though, bro. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, man. No. Uh... I remember back in the day, I tried to freaking, I tried to break dance for a while. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, no, all, all I freaking found out is that I don't have freaking, I don't have the stamina to be on the floor that long, dog. <laughs> Unless you're recovering from running or something, like, I right, just leave me here. Bro, that shit's more tiring, dog. I, I, I would get more tired just on the floor doing the freaking, the, the six step floor work. <laughs> dog, you do that shit for an hour, that, Yo, you will wake up the next morning with more pains in places you never even knew existed, dog. Talk about talk about P90X on some other. 
it's yo, I'm telling you, yo, shout outs to freaking Flipside Kings, Ground Zero Crews, all B-Boys that I grew up around in Kendall and stuff. Uh, I don't know if you know B-Boy Lego and stuff, but you see that man. And, uh, and yo, he, he should be a Calvin Klein model, dog. His freaking frame is so chiseled, dog. He's like freaking Bruce Lee with the perfect V, man. And uh, and I always, I always say it to, to my boys that, that, like, in my crew and stuff, I'm like, man, like, the B-boy element mm. of hip-hop, that is for that is for the yeah. warriors, dog. That is for the savages, man, because us, we, we train by cypher. We, we get high. We freaking, I drink quartz and shit and cypher and stuff. I and, and smoke cigarettes and listen to beats and shit. These motherfuckers train by, yo, exercising daily, yo, with their routine. Yo, come on, man. Everything that they do. And anytime that they fail at a trick, yo, that's busting mm. your ass, man. And then just back at it, back at it. Bam. That takes dedication, man. That's why when, whenever you go out to the B-Boy jams, you you see the respect. You see the love out there because everybody's putting the same work, dog. It's real. That, it's real it's, it's a, a solid point you're bringing up because, um, like you said, an MC, I think that the hardest thing, the hardest thing is the breath control. When it, I mean, as far as physically taxing, it's probably practicing your breath control. But still, it's nowhere near, like you say, the physicality uh, that it takes uh, to be a b-boy for sure i you know it's funny i i um i i have a i have a failed b-boy story too which i'm not I, i've said it before on other podcasts i'm not even gonna start set it off here but i but the, needless to say the reason i bring that up is just to say that we we have that that's one of the things we have in common where there was an attempt it was failed and we decided all right we move on most people you hear that are involved with hip-hop culture they'll tell you that they've been through most of the elements until they settle on the one. Yeah, man. So they're like, oh, this is what I'm comfortable in doing and shit, and this is what I fucking, this is what drew me. And, and it, it's dope that hip-hop's like that, man. There's not too many. I mean, I guess if, uh, if you grew up in rock culture, you could always pick up mm. an instrument, right? And, um, but hip-hop offered you so much, as, growing up as a teen, looking for an identity, right? It, um, it gave you an outlet to say, well, here, we have we have four branches you could start mm. trying and stuff, and if you stick with it, maybe you and and it's it was training grounds. No matter what you did, man, and it's uh it's funny, man. I I really it's it's foreign to me to uh when I talk to people where they're like, yeah, I like hip hop, right? That that's where that's where you see the difference between someone who listens to hip hop just as one of the many genres of music that they listen to that they have on their Spotify playlist yeah. or whatever, and uh. And a hip hop head, someone who grew up in the culture, somebody who who lived the culture. We got into it, and and we said, "Yo, I'm a, I'm a write with graph letters, and I'm a, I'm a learn how to freaking I'm a, I'm a come up with a name for myself, and I'm gonna learn how to tag it up, right? Even if we weren't freaking graph heads and we weren't out there yeah. bombing and get, but but you had to freaking learn how to freak your name ill and shit. And um and the graph is there like, "Yo, I'm I'm a I'm gonna try to spit a freaking sixteen, or I'm gonna try to write a rhyme and shit." Or like now, what's uh what's real prominent now is MCs and everybody just, yo, I I like hearing music and I I, I could pick out what sounds like a good sample. Shit, I'm gonna try to produce. <laughs> <laughs> and and now, yo, every anybody, man, anybody with their phone, bro. My my boy, that freaking uh my my real close friend, rhyme mate and stuff. Me and uh me and Mike Sessions, we put out an album called Debt Free. It was uh the last full uh like official project that I put out um, and uh, he produced that whole thing on his iPhone and now he's producing all his songs 
recording them and mixing them down and they're coming out sounding like yo like studio quality man uh yo and he's releasing everything off of his phone man there's nothing that you can't do now with with technology and it's freaking crazy. yeah so it's uh it goes to show that madlib isn't the only one that's uh using th- this technology to his benefit well, he, he's there like, yo, H, don't ever tell anybody I produce off my phone. I'm there like, nigga, there's nothing new. <laughs> freaking Madlib produced the whole freaking bandana off of his freaking exactly, iPad. Exactly. Huh? Exactly. Yo. <laughs> and, and that shit's heralded as freaking almost like freaking top three albums in fucking 2019. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. But we're going to get into music. Uh, right now, I want to focus on, you, you touched on it a little bit. We started discussing uh, growing up in Kendall, you know, becoming influenced by hip hop. Um and then finding your way towards emceeing. Um, th- the first time you kicked the rhyme for somebody, how did that come about? So, so just just so that the story is straight and and there's there's no confusion out there ever. Um, I was raised in Little Havana till I was uh, till I was seventeen. Okay. I, I grew I grew up in Little Havana. I was born in Texas, moved over here when I was eight months old. Right. Uh, my my grandmother used to belong to a crazy cult, and uh, here in mm. Miami, and they said, and the the pastor said that he had a dream, and the Lord told them that in two th- that in nineteen seventy seven, Florida would be inundated by a flood. So uh, so they picked up their whole crazy church and they moved to Texas, <laughs> and my grandmother came home and she's like, Elita, no tenemos que ir. <laughs> El pastor dijo que Florida que iba a ser wipeout. They picked up the whole family and moved to Texas and uh and whatever. My pops was with my mom at the time and um and she got pregnant over there and she had me over there and um and that winter supposedly well, from what my dad tells me that winter it snowed in Texas and uh and my dad's originally from new york and um and he's like yo i left new york because of the snow i'm not gonna fucking be going through snow over here in texas i'm headed back to miami miami is still there no flood has happened so freaking eight months old i came back here we we came back here and i grew up in little havana ever since and when i was um when i was about yeah 17 16 17 freaking i was going to miami high and um i was already rhyming by that time ciphering in with, with my boys in high school and stuff and uh, and I was part of a, a Christian hip hop crew at that time. I used to I, I started rhyming um, in middle school, writing poems, and then getting with with my boy who rhymed that was also a break dancer and stuff, and just kicking back rhymes. He was the first dude who ever gave me a, a tribe called mm. Quest, again, people's instinctive uh, instincts of travels on tape, mm. man, and Gangstar uh, Daily Operation on tape. Right. Um, this was at the time of UMC's mm-hmm. freaking blue cheese. Uh, this was what what I was growing up around, and that was I always tell people that's that was what was on the TV when you came home from school. Yeah, you could put on the box and see dope hip hop like that. Right, you could uh you could put on Rap City and freaking and and Young TV raps and see dope shit like that. So um so I grew up in that, and then uh in 2017, thank thank God for Section Eight housing. We we moved out to the suburbs of Kendall, into a, a little into the little hood of Kendall called the 152 area, okay. right? And uh, any anybody who's from the Kendall area knows the 152 area real well. It's uh, one of few areas where there's a bunch of apartments in Kendall, and uh, we moved over there. And when I first moved to Kendall, I remember thinking, "Damn, 
these motherfuckers don't have no street lights out here, dog. Because yo, it was it was suburbs, man. And down in in Little Havana, yo, every block's got street lights, street lights, street lights. Because yo, freaking, you get mugged freaking mad quick over there, man. And um and yeah, I came over here. I'm mean, like, yo, everybody's got their own car out here. This shit's freaking. All all the kids are dressing flashing. It was crazy. And I I came out here, went to Braddock, and in Braddock, uh. I started rhyming in the ciphers there, and I used to freaking cipher with cats like Garcia. At the time, he used to go by Severe. Mm-hmm. He said I, I copped his first tape. He he had a freaking a little tape with like four songs that he recorded. He was freaking selling in, in high school uh, with another cat called Chris Fats. That was at the time that Mike Ripper was blowing up over here, and and um and yeah, man, I I had uh I had the luck of growing up in that and growing up in ciphers like that and listening to. Um, radio shows like the underground, um, the underground uh, show on Funk Not, I mean on uh, 90.5. I'm sorry, on 88.9 freaking FIU station, and uh, in the Funk Notic show, and um, in the Thursday night hip hop shop on on uh, on UM's radio station 90.5 WBUM, and whatever. Just listening to those shows and listening to the underground hip hop that was coming out, and always wanting to be like, yo, I write rhymes at home, yeah, right. But uh, but it comes to a time when you're like, it's just like for the graph artists, yo. It comes time when you're like, damn, I'm I'm tired of hitting up this book. I want to see it up somewhere. I want other people to see it. And for an MC, it really comes a time. How much are you gonna say? Oh, I'm the baddest, and I rip up every microphone. If you've never spit a freaking rhyme in front of somebody who's gonna tell you you're whack. Yeah, that sounds, sounds so, like you just of- sounds like you just ex- described today's times. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, well, well, that that's when that's when I was growing up, and 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 as as a practitioner of it, and as when I was writing, I'm like, nah, man, I wanna, I wanna start freaking. There's gotta be pockets of people, and and especially for uh, in VUM, they used to do like roll calls where people would call in and shout out their crews, and I'd be hearing people calling in and shouting out. The, I'm like, yo, where are these cats? Mm. Where are all these other cats that listen to freaking underground hip hop here in Miami? Yeah, and um, so from that, I started uh. I worked at a, right after high school, I worked at a telemarketing joint called Professionally Speaking Incorporated. And through Professionally Speaking, yo, everybody and their mother who emceed in Kendall <laughs> or in the Doral area freaking went through PSI. Man. Through serum, <laughs> yeah, Serum worked with me, Source Spoken worked with me, Seven Star, Plex of Mayday, uh, freaking Faust of Algorithm, Rudy Goblin. I mean, everybody was up in there, man. And, um, and or bought drugs from somebody that worked there. <laughs> so we, yeah, everybody would, and and it was a, it was a freaking breeding ground. We used to go out on breaks on our on our cigarette smoke breaks. We used to go to the parking lot and hit blunts and cipher in the parking lot. And then in our lunch breaks, we used to go to another parking lot, hit blunts and cipher in that parking lot. And then it it became a thing that on Thursday nights we started gathering at my crib, and um and started ciphering at my crib and we started calling it Thursday night ciphers and something that started with five cats um, grew to the point that one night it's a, it's, it's a legendary story. I like to tell, but one night we had about 78 people out there wow. that my people counted. Yeah. And that's in the, in that's in the front of, or in the back of a, an apartment building in the grass in the back, right in front of my apartment door, everybody out there freaking, just masses of people drinking and freaking smoking out there. And I had four neighbors, man, and it's a miracle nobody ever called the cops on us. That night that we had 78 people freaking uh, Common Ground brought freaking Mike Ripper out, 
he battled some cat out there. It was freaking legendary, man. Uh, one of the cats who mentored me growing up in in hip hop and in the MC shit. Uh, my man Ink from Gridlock, he was out there. And he he was actually uh, I I used to rhyme with Ink in a Christian hip hop group. So when I when I went the non Christian way, the secular way, as they say mm-hmm. and stuff, um, whatever. I, I didn't build with them much, but he always knew I was doing some hip hop stuff. And I called him like, "Yo, we doing these ciphers, man? Come down." And he came down that night when it was freaking huge like that. And it was just savagery, man. Out of that freaking, yeah, out of that whole cypher scene was born uh, our first crew, Pro Fresh, which was when uh, when me, Serum, Source Spoken, Rudy Goblin, uh, Poncho, freaking DJ uh, Maneuvers, uh, Mind Shift, Solomon Spectrum, Aftermath, we all got together. We clicked up, we formed a crew and shit and uh, and whatever, man. And from there, we, we started getting involved in the battle scene out here. And just just making our earning our stripes, man, in the MC scene, though. So the um, pro fresh did that have anything to do with uh, professionally speaking? Like, did, was that like, uh... bro? It, 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 come on, man! It, it it just it was just magical, dog. I'm I'm a me and my me and my business partner and longtime freaking friend and and crewmate Charlie Fast always refer to ourselves as word wizards, dog. And if there's a way of playing with words, we'll find it, dog. And just yo <laughs> professionally speaking incorporated professionally speaking yeah. dog it was just too e- yeah. yo it was just too good not to fucking use dog. Yeah. for sure for sure man it was and, yo, it, it, it fu- and it came it seems like fu- that's where that's that's kind of like that was in, in in a sense the catalyst of 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 the uh, what set it in motion the domino that first domino yeah, definitely man and it, and it was because and it's things like that that happen. You're like, yo, how how do you guys link up as a crew? It's usually because, yo, we went to school together. Yo, we worked together. When you're spending a bunch of time with cats and freaking, yo, you're crewed up. There's no other way, right? And especially if you you're all you're all rhyming, you're all and and the good shit about us was we were all left field cats, right? And and mm. yo, I've I've heard your podcast, I've heard your interviews on others on others podcasts, I've seen your musical taste. I know you're a left field hip hop thinker as as I am. Yo, we we like the off kilter shit. We we like the the abstract shit, the freaking the shit that isn't cookie cutter, yeah. that isn't freaking generic, right? And um, and it was it was hard enough finding cats that rhymed out here. Then you would rhyme with somebody, and then you'd be like, oh, you're trying to sound like so and so. Oh, okay, you, you so right. But then when you freaking when you met cats, you're like, oh shit, nah, who, who gave you the fucking who gave you permission to freaking try to sound like nobody else freaking, <laughs> and, and, and the balls to freaking come out with that freaking abstract style like that, dog, that, you know, Oh, this thing is fresh. And it was like that, man. The first time I ever met Serum and actually the cats from pro fresh was, um, before they started working because I started working there and I got them all the job. But, uh, when I'm, I met actually Serum and, and Solomon spectrum, uh, rest in peace solo, man. Um, I met them at, a at a church, at a youth group, uh, at a church in Kendall. Okay. And, that was when we were like 15, right? I was 15. They were like 14, 13, right? And then, um, and like I was 16 or something like that. And then we met again when I was like 20, like 19 or 20. Right. And we met at a battle at a freaking grimy ass freaking bar down, uh, I mean, up north, like in North Miami somewhere. I forget what the fucking bar is called. That shit was grimy as hell. But, uh, but they were throwing these battles, man. And, and I went up there. They had like 20 MCs battling. And uh, and I battled Mind Shift, and then I think I battled Serum. Well, I battled Serum and I battled Mind Shift, something like that. And um, and I think it was it was Serum's first time battling. He's like, yo, from there, 
I was like, yo, I got to fucking start coming up. And after that, Serum became a fucking monster. Mm. But we, since we met up there and we were like, yo, we all do this shit. Oh, we're all from Kendall. We started clicking up, hanging out, freaking smoking, doing the cypher shit, working together. And uh, and Pro Fresh grew from that, man. And um, and it's funny, man. When when, when we finally uh, broke ways, it was because in a, in a meeting one day, we were having our meetings and shit. And, okay, what songs are we going to write? And what do we have to finish? And this and this and that. And uh, and one of them brought up, yo, first topic of discussion today, we got to change this fucking name, dude. <laughs> and I was there like, because I had come up with the name, of course, and my stupid young pride, I was there like, what the fuck's wrong with Pro Fresh? He's like, nigga, for real Pro Fresh? Because of professionally speaking? <laughs> yo, I left, I left that meeting so fucking buttered up. <laughs> Whatever, we stopped working on music together over that stupid shit. Wow. We stayed, we, yeah, we stayed crewed up and shit. Um, but uh, but afterwards, uh, Serum, Solo Man, Source Spoken, and Mindshift became Death to the General Public, and they released their record with freaking uh with Counterflow rec- Records and shit, and uh or Botanica del Libro, one of one of the one of the two. And um and yeah man they they went on to freaking release that I remember when they came when they dropped it with Death to the General Public I was there like nigga what the fuck is a Death to the General Public <laughs> <laughs> and y'all was talking super about hating, right <laughs> super hating dog but uh but yeah man no looking back and shit the fucking the pros we all look at that shit back fondly dog actually me and Serum are uh, are right now tossing the volleyball back and forth about doing a, a pro fresh album. With okay. him and me as the anchors and shit, and then doing some cuts with Source Spoken, and just doing cuts with everybody that we've worked with since. Yeah, right. But to give it that pro fresh feel with with him and me as the anchors, because we were always the fucking instigators that be would be out at freaking battles and heckling motherfuckers down and freaking battling cats in the ciphers and shit. So, wow, uh, wow, yeah, man. Serum, uh, Serum went on to win a couple of um, he walked out. Champion of a couple of pro-ams too, right? Yes, sir, man. Uh, I, I went to Serum's house to record during this whole quarantine. Uh, shout out to Serum and Dex One. They freaking opened up their humble abode to me and Ekum to go over there and record for the Waterproof EP. I mean, the Waterproof LP that we're, that I'm dropping with DJ Proof. And, uh, and I went over there. And as I'm recording, I'm looking around at Dex's freaking house. Dex's house is a freaking a pop uh the pop vinyl dolls this shit. Oh, the Funko Pop joints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Funko Pop joints. It's like a freaking museum of horror <laughs> Funko Pop toys. Dog. You just got freaking mad of them all around and you got the freaking creepiest ones ever, though. It's fire. But in the middle of all that madness, standing almost six feet tall is Serum's freaking Pro Am uh trophy, dog. Wow. And that dog, that shit is fucking almost as big as me. That shit looked like the, the joint that Daniel LaRusso won at the end of fucking Karate Kid, dog. <laughs> that fucking holding Johnny up, rips. Up with a bad yeah, leg. Johnny rips out of the guy's arm. He's like, give that shit to me. I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> the perfect Michael Scott moment. <laughs> Look, I like you now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's too much, man. Yeah, man, shouts to Speedy Legs for putting that together for so many years, man, that if we're talking about if we're talking about a time and age like you said when there wasn't a social media and it was just through just through happenstance working at the same spot there was a web created throughout all the MCs um, and then that that built the community there down south the fact that that happened 
without, I mean, it, it, it's possible, but now you think about it like, yo, there was no social media back then. How did everybody know? And and now we have the ability to reach out to people um, through social media and then find like a close knit group of people that like, that you dubbed me left, left field as well. Um, and you nailed that. You hit that on the head. And, and it's, it's wild that we, without the advances that we have, without the technological advances we have now, we still made it happen back then. Um, yes, which, and, 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 it's, and, and just like, just like we had our scene in Kendall right now, uh, shout outs to freaking Human Sushi, Shadi, oh, sure. uh, freaking the whole Common Ground, freaking Conglomerate, uh, freaking Agony, North, Superman, uh, Littles. They, they, they just dropped the Common Ground audio documentary. You can check that out on Human Sushi's uh, YouTube page, Human Sushi Podcast. It's a fantastic audio documentary. I big it up. I promote it like crazy, uh, not only because those are my peoples. Um, they actually common ground was actually the antithesis of pro fresh in Kendall. Like ah. they, were, they were, they were our rival crew. Right. Wow. And, and they'll say it and shit, whatever. They don't, they don't talk about as much in the freaking, in at least the first chapter of the, of the audio documentary. Right. But, uh, but freaking, we, we always talk about it when, when I'm, when I'm chilling with shoddy that, uh, that, yeah, man, it was, it was when, when we were there, like, yo, we want to freaking battle another crew, right? We knew Common Ground, Common Ground, and SLPs and shit. They were about it and stuff, and because they were more on the street shit, because they were. I mean, these boys wanted to. These boys wanted to blow up, right? yeah. And and they they wanted the record contracts and shit. And they were trying to make moves. So of course they were. You remember? You got to remember at that time. That's that's the uh, that's the shiny suit era. Yes, right, that, that that's that's the Mace and freaking in a Har- and Harlem World era, right? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, post that's Biggie, that. Bad Boy, Bad Boy kind of like yes, that that's, that's, foot next, yeah. That that's a uh, that's post CNN Nori era. Mm. That, that's that's Nori and Neptune's era, where it's mm-hmm. where it's a it's very clubby freaking street, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. um, so. They were doing that, and we were on some nah, fuck that shit. You gotta keep that shit freaking grimy. You gotta keep that shit freaking pop abstract. You guys don't even talk about graffiti and b-boy and all this shit. And we were both on our own shit, dog. And, and yeah. I could now, right? And it's funny because now listening to the uh, to the interview, I look back. I'm there like, yeah, I could see how it, it could have been seen as you cats aren't gonna get anywhere with that style. But for us, yeah. it was more of a thing of. Now we're just staying true to the style that we think that we feel represents it the best. And everybody does that. And I think people doing that is why you have your Salvador Dalis that didn't grow up to paint uh, freaking pictures that are in hotel bathrooms. But he yeah. didn't grow up to paint freaking masterpieces that are in freaking art galleries and shit. And yeah. that, at that time, anybody would have seen him painting that shit would have been there like, what the fuck are you doing? You'll never make money with this shit. You'll, that shit will never sell. Right, but now we see him as a genius, right? So it's yeah. um, so it 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 was those two schools and shit. Um, but uh, what the reason I was bringing up uh, common ground is that they 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 say it. They're like, yo, that's this is our experience of how we grew up in hip hop in Kendall. But just yeah. the same way that that happened, you had your experience in in your circle that you grew up in, and somehow that circle tapped into the bigger circle when we all went to the pro-ams and we, when we all went to the freaking roast the most and when we all show mm-hmm. up at shows and stuff and you see the whole hip-hop community there and the same way it happened here in Miami it's happening in freaking 
hundreds and thousands of other cities and stuff, and they all have their pockets. And then there's some places where there's just kids wishing that they had something like this to be a part of. And that's something that I'm always, always grateful for, man. I always say, you know what? Never blew up, never had a video on MTV, never had a freaking top 40 hit song, never freaking had a uh, an album in specs or any of that shit. But yo, I lived this hip hop shit, man. And I was I was able to experience this hip hop shit in a community that loved it. Yo, I freaking we we went out to B-Boy Jams. We went out I, I opened for freaking KRS and that shit was freaking yo living that shit. And, and it doesn't matter if, if nobody else freaking if somebody in New York can't see it on YouTube now. I know I freaking I I was there. I lived it and shit. And hip hop offers you that opportunity, man. That yo, you do your shit, you get it, and you go out there and, and and you make it happen, man. You find a way of freaking rocking a show, being in a cipher, being the illest in the cipher that night. Damn, dog, you just rock your Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. you experienced that, it. That that's that's an analogy right there. Um, yeah, definitely. Like you said, you were there, regardless of what was documented or not. Um, and I, I do this. There's a reason why I'm old headed because there's a lot of comparison. I, I'm, I'm pretty much, I've said it before. I'm hip hop, hip hop's Mr. Back in my day, get off my lawn, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so it's like nowadays you go to a show and everybody's documenting it. Everybody's got their phone up, not living in the moment back then that, that didn't exist. So that's all you had was the moment. Yes. Now, now granted we, we didn't live off of receipts back then like we do now you know somebody you, somebody's gonna have to prove it to you somebody's gonna have to google whatever it is Word. that you're claiming now back then it was like you said if someone approached you and said oh yeah i like hip-hop and 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 the phrase like that came out of their mouth you didn't need a receipt that was already understood you knew exactly what you were getting into Word. as far as that person's that person's taste or how, you know how authentic their appreciation for the culture was but still, it's something nah, that but we but you all... Always, you, always had your, you always had your qualifying questions. Yes, yes. Kind of like on Walking Dead. Like Walking Dead. Like before you bring, oh, what a fucking great analogy. <laughs> when you bring people on to, you know, Alexander, we're like, yo, yo, hold on a second. There's about three five questions. questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three questions, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, man, it, it's definitely a different... But, you know, we all... we. Needless to say, back then, nowadays, we all find ourselves. We find ourselves through, you know, no pun intended, through like a, a common ground. Exactly. And, 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 and that, that's, that's what I was alluding to by saying that that's what I experienced in Kendall. You experienced it there. So what is there? There are things, Ed, that are metaphysical, that are behind, beyond the five senses, things that we can't explain. Right. Um, a religious person would call it, you see, that's the hand of God leading everybody to each other. Somebody else would say that's kismet, divine, divine, uh, what is it? Divine serendipity, right? Um, others would say it is the law of attractions or the secret, right? That you will it to happen. You writing that down, the power of writing something down and you're writing and you set something in motion in the universe that starts attracting these people to you, right? And it doesn't only happen in hip hop or an MC and it happens in anything. You put your good foot forward into anything and doors will start ha opening in that direction, right? It, ha yeah. it happens for most, and that's why as, as, 
as creators and masters like that, we should always watch out what we put our foot towards, right? Because you put it towards the wrong thing and doors will open for you towards that wrong thing. And, and, and you'll be like, yo, everything's working out good, right? Yeah, because it leads to destruction, dog. And there's plenty of people that pretend <laughs> that go down there, right? But it, it always happens like that. So because of that, now this new era, right, with, um, with the online connection and the ease of communicating with everybody online, um, and I think that, that the quarantine and, and this whole pandemic has done good for that. It's gotten people more comfortable communicating and it's put people more at, a, at a, an impact of common ground where everybody doesn't feel bad reaching out. Like I've reached out to a lot of cats from other states that are producers, that are MCs, cats in Japan. Uh, shout out to freaking uh, to my peoples out in Japan, freaking uh, Tosh, uh, he goes by BIM, B-I-M-B. And uh, and Lord uh, Fabanacci and freaking Bo Fat out in Germany, right? Um, and mm. uh, and my my dudes freaking Mars One um, in Milwaukee and freaking and Piff, yo, a bunch of cats that freaking I've been reaching out to and now we're building and stuff. And it, it's funny because that same uh, spirit or energy that that leads you to people to the right people to build right at the right time. It's still going on now, man. And, and as a promoter, as a promotion-minded person, because not only do I do the MC shit uh, as H2Owens, but as Vice City Cypher, we do hip-hop promotions down here in Miami. And I'm always thinking, yo, the, these kids nowadays, are the younger cats, the 20-year-olds, the college kids, right, and, and the 20, 30-year-olds are all looking for their own real hip-hop experience because they're hearing it. And nobody wants to freaking be in a real freaking crack cell and shit, but they want to be in a place where they're freaking where where they're really feeling that vibe, and it's not just in their room where they're at a place where other people yeah. are vibing like that. And I and that's what we look forward to providing people with that kind of vibe, that kind of place where you could come and meet like-minded people that are feeling the same music as you. And that's what we want to do with with WVCC, man. I know my show. Uh, the, the the Thursday Night Cypher and, and the New Blaze Tuesday shows, I play a lot of underground shit, I play my shit, but I'd like to grow it to a, to a station, an online station where I could get some younger cats to do their own show, and yo, if you want to do a SoundCloud show, you do that, brother, if you want to do an all-trap show, or all-young wave show, do that, and find the young acts, and, and in the meantime, we'll be in the background freaking preparing a platform so that they have a place to perform so that they can go and travel to other states and perform. Those are all things that we want to do with the whole WVCC vehicle, man. And, um, and whatever that, that, that's just how I think, even, even if it's, I, I, I'm, um, it's funny. Cause I said, yo, 2020, we're in the future, right? We, we used to, we used to look at 2020 and say, Oh, that's going to be the future. We'll have flying cars. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. now we're in the future. When you think, Oh, in the future. No, no, no. The future is now. Freaking nonfiction was right. And freaking the future is now. Right. And everything that has been done has already been done. And everything that we create is going to be the future. Right. So it's, it's whatever we, once again, whatever we put our good foot towards, man, and everything I've ever put my mind to or my good or my good foot towards or, or my planning to, has always come to fruition, whether whether it have been um, through illiterates or alphanumerics um, with the illiterates, bro. I, I've opened up for De La Soul, Most Deaf, MF Doom on the same night at Mansion. Wow. 
Do you think I have a picture with fucking most? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me bring that back. Most death, MF Doom, and De La Fucking Soul, nigga. Dog, yes. my favorite group of all time. And do you think I have a picture with them? No, because I was fucking out partying and living and not thinking. Oh, bomb, let me get it. Right. I was never that dude who who had the foresight. My boy Charlie Fast will film and document everything because he has that foresight of, yo, one day this shit's gonna be gold. But uh, but but yeah. I never freaking thought that. But with with the Little Rats, we uh, well through Rec because it was really through Rec's freaking through Rec's uh progress and freaking his success blowing up in the scene. Uh, we opened up for for mm-hmm. them. Um, with freaking with Alphanumerics, I opened up for freaking Action Bronze and for freaking KRS. Um, then. Transitioning into freaking Vice City Cipher, we ran a successful battle league with Street Wars. Um, we we did successful shows with Saturday Mike Live and with the shows that we, we mm. do out of the club. So everything I've I've ever put my mind to always comes comes to fruition. So now we're trying to like me and Charlie are saying, well, what's the way we could do something in big fashion? And now with what we're doing with the with the WVCC radio show, we're connecting with a lot of MCs from outside of the state from outside of the country that want to travel here so um so we're trying to make connects to see if we can make some sort of underground railroad man where artists mm. can come over here and perform we could connect them with orlando tampa on the way back right and uh and we could send our artists along the same path and freaking go visit the places that this guy's been right or set up tours so, yeah man. Wow. So, little little things man and and the the freaking the gerbil in my in my head is always running on the wheel dog so i'm forever coming up with ideas <laughs> no that's that's dope uh listen firsthand um the firsthand listening to both tuesday and thursday nights um yeah, yeah that's i i was thoroughly improved i mean i was thoroughly impressed I, and my and my hip hop knowledge was improved <laughs> at the same time you saw that there's a reason why improved wanted to come out like, like my mind motivates what my mouth does. So I find myself like, yo, this is the word you want to say, but it doesn't make sense here, but it's going to make sense later. So improving my hip hop knowledge throughout, just listening for a couple of, for about an hour or so, and, and just feeling the vibe, that's a hell of an idea for it to become a, a like, let's say, a round the clock radio station where they have shift and somebody else comes on at a certain uh, point and pre- uh, presents people a whole yeah, other man. perspective on hip hop. Um, that's that's an excellent motivator right and, there and, for and not, sure. Not even hip hop. You know, you know what we've. I don't know about you, but you know what is the number one thing I've learned from the versus battles. What's that? The number two thing I've learned from the versus battles is that freaking RZA is a master making beats, but he 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 needs somebody to help him with the audio engineering part of it and shit. Right. That's the second. That's the second yeah. thing I learned. But the, the yeah. number one thing I learned about the versus battles is that people really miss R and B, dog. People Got you. really Got you. miss R and B, dog. Fucking the the yes. the, the um the Teddy Riley versus fucking like, um babyface battle. Uh, babyface. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, they they freaking they did two of them. <laughs> Yo. Um, yo, and it it blew up, man. It had freaking millions, dog. And um, and yeah. so what I'm thinking is, I'll do the underground shit. There might be somebody else. I know freaking, I know Orion has his own twist on it. I've I've been telling Orion, yo, 
do a show on let, let's let's go in together and 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 just set up on different shows i only want two nights right but somebody else could do gotcha. a freaking reggae freaking uh slot somebody yeah. else could do an r&b slot somebody else could do a freaking uh a jazz slot or a freaking or a folk slot and it's just bringing it because there are people out there like today man today i i went i, I opened up my laptop i'm like what am i gonna surf on I'm like shit i just wish i could just go on a channel where there was some music playing and i could freaking close that shit and go on and i could trust that they're gonna play some good shit and talk some funny shit mm. right and dog and and that's mm. it just get a personality on it give it your flex your your weird your weird take on it or your insight on it or get different people talking and, and do the show your way the, the reason that um that i love my show and what we're doing and i know that we could turn it into a radio station is as follows the reason i started doing my show is because art Moreira, uh shoddy and, and renee and uh and orion started doing their podcast mm. right when art Moreira started doing the, wow. the medianoche podcast and uh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, shoddy and and renee started doing human sushi and, uh, and Orion yeah. started doing um what they do hip hop, what yeah, they do hip hop, which are radio. fantastic podcast guys. Tune into those. Everybody listen to the sound of my voice. Yes. You yes. gotta follow them. Yo, fantastic podcast from Miami and just everything that has to do with arts, creativity, freaking entrepreneurship, and uh and Orion always mm. has great insight into hip hop, man. But yeah, when hearing their shows, I was there like, oh, this is so fire. It's great what they're doing, but I wish that this shit had more music. <laughs> so, so <laughs> one day Charlie Fast came over. He's like, "Yo, I want to interview you. I'm just interviewing people. I'm, I might come out with a podcast." I'm there like, "Yo, Charlie, instead of just interviewing me, why don't we play some music and we would critique the music?" And then Charlie Fast put me on game. He's there like, "Well, no. The thing is that if you want to monetize your podcast, you can't play licensed music." monetize your podcast and of course me yeah. just being freaking the old school head and freaking just a fucking i'm like fuck monetizing the podcast let's just play some music and just talk about it <laughs> come on right and he's like no nah, bro he's like what are yeah. we recording it for then i'm like fuck so i think i'm there like how can i play music and talk shit and i was there like well, fuck it you gotta fucking and then i started looking into being a radio station man and and right now we're raising the money because yeah. the whole thing is the licensing to do it legally and right but really that licensing is yeah. more if you're freaking broadcasting to thousands of people and yeah it's one of our dreams and shit but we're not there yet right so we're here like Correct. is it freaking worth the freaking drop the thousand on the licensing per, for a year now and and have 40 people 50 people listening in and shit or should we just keep doing a pirate as fuck? So, whatever. <laughs> I know, and and I know, and I know. Right now, at this moment, despite like the major goal, you know, us being coming from the same kind of like mold, where it's like, you know, me, you know, I joke around about sponsors. If somebody has something to promote, I will make them the sponsor of the show. I'll, I'll, I'll shout them out. Um, but as far as reading an ad to you, it's like, nah, I'm not doing that. Keep the crossover. Yeah, right. EPMD <laughs> says so. I ain't selling out. No, man, I'm older now. So I'm mean, like, yo, if, if I could get some sponsors. And now it's just trying to find out different ways. Because like Charlie's been there like, yo, you could do the radio show, but just have a side thing where you're just doing reviews and stuff, just like they do it on YouTube and find a way of, again, of, of getting it. Because yeah. it's not worth putting in all that time if you're not going to 
going to make it lucrative and find a way of getting it back. Like right now, my biggest pet peeve is uh, during our shows, right? Uh, I got a new laptop, right? My son actually freaking for my, for my birthday bought me a fucking laptop, man. And that's only because uh, he got sick and tired of me using his laptop to run the show on every Tuesday and Thursday. So he's like, so yeah. for my birthday and shit, where they're celebrating at the end of the night and stuff, whatever, man. They had got me a card and this and that, a good dinner. Uh, it was my, my uh, I freaking just turned uh, 43 uh, on March 21st, which was like week one of the complete lockdown of the quarantine, right? So we couldn't, yeah, yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, we couldn't go anywhere. We just grilled and shit. I'm here, you know, whatever, and whatever, cool birthday. And he pops out with this freaking box. I'm there like, what's this? He's there like, Happy birthday. I'm there like, what the fuck? And I'm there like, yo, how you just bought me a laptop? And I bought him his laptop for Christmas. And he's like, here, so you don't so you don't use mine anymore. I'm there like, nah, 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 you can't do that, man. You're I'm there like, you're only 18. You can't start taking away the fucking the big debts that 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 I have on you, man. I'm there like, I'm there like, yo, that was that was a fifteen hundred dollar debt that you had to freaking work down right there. You can't just fucking yeah. You know how many you know how many yo, dishwashings this yo, thing bought me? I'm like, yo, I would hold that laptop over his head for everything. I'm like, for real? After I got you that freaking fire ass eight gig laptop, you're gonna freaking you're not gonna do your laundry. And the and the garbage and the garbage. You're not gonna do your laundry. <laughs> now he's like, here's your fucking laptop. Don't use my shit anymore. Do your radio show on your shit. So but uh, <laughs> ever since I got it, right? Now YouTube plays commercials between the fucking songs where his, his he had gotten his YouTube Prime freaking um, account or whatever so uh, uh, so it didn't have yeah. any freaking commercials and now dog every three songs a commercial come out and all I keep thinking is fuck I wish I was getting paid for this shit dog. <laughs> yeah and you can't no, skip all the ads but I'm here waiting and shit so I'm here talking and making fun of the people I always gotta be playing around dog I'm telling you I, I brought this um I brought this radio show up from the most humble beginnings, dog, of filming one cell phone, playing the video with another cell phone. So I I would have one <laughs> cell phone up on a freaking cradle and be filming it with my other cell phone in my hand and shit, and with shoddy ass yeah. reception, that shit freezing and buffering all the time. And yo, horrible. And I, I fucking roll with the punches. I made it funny every time it would freeze. And then um, from there, whatever we we moved up to, loading it on the OBS on the computer, making it look fucking fresh and shit. Where you get the the audio and the video right there on your phone, just like I'm seeing it. And um, and now we're freaking. I just put in an order for lights and stuff or. I want to freaking suit it up so yeah. and I'm learning everything to do with the OBS so that we could go ahead and pass that template on to whoever else wants to run it and shit, man. And uh yeah, man, it, it's it's dope, yo. And and if anything, the one of the dopest posts I've seen throughout the whole quarantine is what have what new thing have you learned during this quarantine? Right. And I ain't talking about you learned about QAnon or that freaking Oprah Winfrey's a vampire that's freaking being rejuvenated by by adrenochrome and shit. No, uh, I'm fucking I mean, what what new thing have you tried to freaking learn and master and shit? And I was like, yo, I got to fucking get yeah. on it. So I've, I've been learning. Um, I've been learning 
how to make videos on freaking on editor and shit. I've been freaking le- learning on how to freaking use the OBS more and, and run it quick. Yesterday, you and me went crazy trying to freaking Skype into freaking OBS. And uh, yeah, man, it's freaking, yeah. and it sucks, dog, because <laughs> as, as an over 40-year-old dog, I'm forever feeling like I'm too old for this shit. They don't, give, they don't give instructions. There's nobody I could call and shit. What the fuck? Every time I try to do things step by step, how a YouTube video shows me, dog, I forever fail that shit and feel like a stupid ass, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to chat yeah. with somebody. <laughs> it's like, I don't want that little box to pop up. And I want to call yo, somebody yo, and get the, the word. the fucker who made this video's number? I got to call him up and be like, yo, I did everything just like you said. Yes, yes. Yes, I freaking connected that one. Yes, and it's still not working. Why? And, um, and what I've learned is that you got to go into the comments. Go into the comments as soon as the freaking video starts. Mm. And if you see people start saying, yo, this shit doesn't work. <laughs> yo, this shit doesn't work. Eject. Yo, Eject like, quick. Go to the next one, dog, because that shit has happened to me way too many times. Watch the whole video. Oh, okay. Pause. Try to freaking take the steps that he told you. Okay, play. Okay, okay, connect that. Okay, connect. Pause. Okay, play. So, go through it all. <laughs> Yo, you yo, sound like me. All, and that shit is, you sound like me trying to break yo, fire man, stick. The worst. <laughs> or no, that shit happens to me with anything on YouTube, dog. Fucking tech shit. Um, I try to do a science project with my with my kid, right, dog. I almost kicked the fuck out of the science project, dog. It didn't work for anything. I was trying to make a a, a motor, right, or with a with a battery. You can make a freaking uh, it's uh. like a freaking a coil of brass. You can make it spin. With, with just a right. with just a V battery and shit, right? And for the life, okay. of me, he bought the freaking super expensive magnets for that shit. Bought the batteries, everything, and it wouldn't spin for the life of me, dog. Oh god, geez, that shit wouldn't spin. And I went crazy, and I saw like five different videos on it, and it just wouldn't work for me. And I keep watching these fucking ten minute videos to keep seeing, and it spins, Zzz, spinning fast as fuck. And I'm there like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, what? So my son. Dog, now you're just insulting me. <laughs> my son takes the fucking project to school, right? I told him, bro, just take the project because we built it. Take it to him and be like, yo, here's the video. We followed the steps exactly, and that shit won't spin. How come? And maybe you could learn something. Maybe he could teach you why it doesn't work. So he's like, okay. So he took it, and he presented it, and he says he tapped it a little, and that shit started spinning. <laughs> <laughs> so he tapped it a little and then just started like, spinning hard as fuck and I'm here like you're fucking with me dog get out of here dog. oh my god I'm telling you sometimes especially with my kids with everything else man with everything else I've always been the cool is is the easiest way I could describe myself gotcha. growing up I was always just the funny dork I was always the, I would always stand out I was I was always left field man always had to say the, the most craziest shit in any situation. I was the guy that, that the girl would be there like, oh, I just found out my dad has cancer. And I'd be like, really? That's my sign. And like that kind of shit, yo. Fucking, yo. Um, <laughs> uh, and that, 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 that was, I was always like that and always good with people. But with my kids, it's yeah. the karma thing. I don't know, bro. With my kids, I lose all cool powers and I am, yo, I will forever yeah. be yeah. the most awkward with all my kids, dog. For the rest of my life, I freaking took my son at, at he was like eight years old, right, to a GameStop. And I said, you're old enough. You're going to buy your own game. Here's your money. 
go pick out your game and let's go buy it. And my, my, he's my oldest son now. He's 18. He's just graduating. He's a senior year right now. He's going to kill me when he hears the story. And, uh, and we walk up to the counter. He's like, what do I do? I'm like, walk up to the counter and the guy, the thing say, I want to buy this and give him the money. Right. And he walked up to the guy in the counter. Right. And bro, this kid has ripped the biggest and longest fart right in front of this no. guy. This kid hands him the game, looks him dead in his eye, and says, <laughs> and I'm just staring at him <laughs> like, what the? Yo, I didn't know where to hide, bro. I'm telling you, if there was ever a chance... <laughs> For my kids to freaking embarrass me or make me look bad in public, dog, it would happen, dog. I lose all cool points around them, and I guess that that's part of life, dog. They they, they anchor you. They're like, you're no superstar, <laughs> bro. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. You you if there was a possibility that you could have escaped no. in the smoke that was created <laughs> I, by. I, I, if, you know, if, if, if it was at least colored, we'd freaking be out. I freaking all you would see is is the shape of us in a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yeah. yo, yo, hey, yo, hey, that's that, that is something else. That's a that's a moment that's gonna live on. That might be something that you, you guys oh, will live on his wedding night. Put it on a podcast, <laughs> man. I'm freaking saving this shit and playing it at his wedding, dog. It'll be freaking great. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let let them know. Let them know where they can listen. Where they can find you, where they can continue to Brother, support. Uh, right now, we're pushing really heavy. Me and DJ Proof have just released uh, the spillage. You could find me on all streaming platforms yeah. under H. I spell it funny. It's eight C H. That spells H. All right, spell it with an eight, please. Uh, H two Owens, just like Terrell Owens. H uh, two Owens. You can go ahead and find that on Bandcamp, on all streaming platforms. We have a brand new mixtape out called The Spillage. It is in preparation to our first official EP. Uh, DJ Proof and H2 Owens are the waterproof. Um, it's all produced by DJ Proof. It's got guest features by Serum, Breeze Ever Flowing, Ghost of the Machine, uh, What They Do, R. Marrera, Charlie Fast of Vice City Cypher. It's going to be a great album, man. And uh, and over these coming months, I invite everybody, go ahead and follow me on Bandcamp. If you have a Bandcamp um, subscription, follow me on Bandcamp. Just look up H, H-C-H, two Owens. And for the next uh, couple months over the summer, every month I'm going to be releasing uh, a vaulted H2O album, right? I have... I have four albums mm -hmm. in total that have never been released. Two solo albums, one alphanumerics wow. album, and an album full of unreleased Illiterats track uh, featuring me, Recognizing Rudy Gama. Wow. And, um, and we're going to be releasing those every month leading up to the end of summer. We're releasing The Waterproof. So go ahead and, uh, and follow me on Bandcamp. So every time one drops, you can go ahead and check out the material. And uh, yeah, man, just fuck with us. You can go ahead and uh, follow me. Right now, if you want to follow WVCC Scythe Life Radio, all you have to do is go on twitch.tv, get yourself the app, and follow. just search WVCC 
Sife uh, Life Radio. And uh, follow us on Twitch, man. We're on every Tuesday and every Thursday from 9 to 12 midnight. And you've already been been rocking with us. Ed, man, I, I love having you on every time that you come on, man. And, uh, you know, all we do is play quality hip-hop, man. I, I could attest to that. My peoples, um, H2 Owens is not playing around. He just told you that they just dropped a mixtape to, pre- uh, to preview something that gets you ready for the full length album. I'm gonna, spoiler alert, you go look up the spillage. There's easily 33 tracks. 30, there's a total of 34 tracks. tracks. And then there's an intro and an outro. And, and just so you know, it's tracks. 35 only because three plus five equals. <laughs> hey, hey. Yo, I'm telling you, speaking of, man, we got a lot more to get to know about eight. We're gonna, we're gonna discuss beer. We're gonna talk a little bit more music, even though we went music heavy on the front end, but that doesn't mean it stops. And then definitely we'll get into my man's food choices. So y'all stick around. It's Bruce Beats and East. I'm old head Ed. I got H2 Owens with me. Stay tuned. Too much to drink. We shine without flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yang Ling. Bruce Beats and East the podcast. And we are back. We are back and we're still at it. This is where things get exciting. Because now this is where we drink beer. H2 Owens, he's, uh, he's obliged. He's followed all social distancing uh, rules, and he went ahead and took the trek, went out to uh, – I'm not going to mention the place because I'm a little disappointed at the fact that they don't, they don't do the uh, mix and match six-packs anymore. <laughs> With good reason. But anyway, he's still a trooper, went out, purchased two beers. We're going to talk about those beers, and we're going to talk even more music. Um, I actually got an anecdote, but um, – so actually, you know what? I'm gonna start with the anecdote first. Um, I met oh, I've been dying H2O. Years, bro. Okay, <laughs> got you. I got you. I met H2O. Um, I want to say sometime around 2000. Man, I want to say 2009. Um, do you recall? You recall bringing everybody to in to do a cipher on Thursday nights? Um, Melodic was involved. Scarlet Rock, Benchwarmers, Click. This was it, this was stage eighty four. So yes, I'm gonna set. Yes. All right, stage eighty four, setting the stage. Uh-huh. No pun intended. Stage eighty four, off of um, it was a, a location that existed once off of uh, Pine oh, Island and five ninety five. Good friend of mine owned the spot at the time. Uh, he, he he was telling me he was interested in doing this hip hop thing. He came up just like we did. He's probably a couple of years, maybe a year or two older than both of us. And uh, he kept saying, man, I got this little spot. We serve beer. We got some food. We're doing, you know, live acts, uh, music every couple of nights. And uh, he goes, I want to get this hip-hop thing moving here. I'm really interested. And um, once he told me, yeah, come through, I got something going. I get there. Like, we were talking about finding uh, the connectivity. And, and at that point where I was like, man, there's really nothing. I'm living in Pines. And there's really nothing that caters to my musical taste until something like this jumps off. And uh, I was thrilled to be there. Uh, first time I hear bench warmers click perform. Surgeon General was there, if I wasn't mistaken. Uh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a who's who of like South Florida hip hop at that time. And I met you there and we spoke briefly. I think we might have even ciphered outside in the parking lot briefly. But yeah, man, it was, it was a hell of a night. I remember, I also remember that, and I think I told this story when, when Draz, the homie Draz from Citation Sounds was on. I told <laughs> it was a moment where Bench Warmers was performing, and it was uh, Joker and Travesty, right? Yeah, Joker and Travesty. 
uh, Travis D is, is the is the basketball playing dude. He's, he's like the, the guy you can tell player. that when he he gets on the court. <laughs> yes, and um, so we're sitting there, and they're about to get into a song. You hear the beat playing, and right as the the beat transitions from the last song they did into the next song, I look over at my dude and the guy the guy that I pulled up with, and uh, in, in the joking. Fashion, <laughs> similar to your joke about, hey, that's my sign if your dad's got cancer. I look at my man and I was like, I could dunk on him. And it's and it's like right, <laughs> and it's right at that moment where the beat just they just ended a song and it was right before the next song started playing. Fantastic. So my voice comes it, out. It, it was the vocal it, sample. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I was like, I could dunk on him, and then. Travis D looks over towards me and goes, no, you can't. On the microphone. Classic. Oh, <laughs> no, my you can't. God. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was vintage for sure. But definitely, man, I, I, okay. Yes, I am here. Um, I'm trying to try to pick up right where I left off. Apparently, Anchor now decides, like, just like IG, oh, it's time for you to go. Wrap it up. <laughs> you know, they, they, he hit me with Wrap the day for <laughs> But like I'm saying, the reason I brought up the whole story about the bench warmers, stage 84, H2O is hosting the show, performing as well. Um, it, it gives me a sense of pride that I got the opportunity to witness uh, what, you know, what came of the, the long grind that you've just detailed for us in the very beginning. The other reason I bring that up is because we talk beers in this segment and this spot serves beers. So with that, I'm working on my segues here. I'm trying to get, get as professional as possible. You that know what I mean? Fire, though. <laughs> yeah, that was, I appreciate that. That was smooth as silk. Yes. Woo. Yes. Smooth V. Um, Mr. H2O, like I said, he was so kind enough to go grab a couple of beers. Um, the first one, which one Which one are you drinking right now? Right now I'm drinking the pineapple, the Gold Cliff IPA. The Gold Cliff. Okay. So let me, let me run down a couple details about this one. This is from the Kona Brewing. It's their Gold Cliff IPA. It's an American IPA, clocks in at a 7.2% ABV. Uh, of course, yeah. we're, we're talking about... Me. Yeah, it's kicking me in my face right now. Ah, yeah, uh, okay, okay. And it's coming, it's it's a kick coming straight from Hawaii. It's brewed in Hawaii, and that's what we got there. Um, what do you think of the beer? Oh, man. Besides, besides the physical damage it's doing to you. No, no, no. When, uh, when you open it up, and it smells good. You get, you get that tropical, like, pineapple, like fruity smell off of this stuff. Um, let me let me go ahead and take a sip. Do that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely um, not too heavy of an IPA, right? Okay. Um, it's got that IPA taste at the end and stuff. Right? Yeah. A nice little tanginess and stuff. Um, yeah, no, man, but it's, uh, it's good, man. It's good. And, and the 7.2, when I bought it, Right, I, I I was telling you that uh, that this liquor store we shall not give freaking promotion to. No shouts, they, no shouts. Yeah, because they violated and stuff. I went yeah. up there because DJ Proof had actually told me, "Yo, you go you go up in there and they let you do the the choose your own beers and uh what what, what was that you called it? The mix and match, create your own six pack type of thing. The create your own six. Yeah, you see, I I thought it's because I didn't know the secret code word for it <laughs> <laughs> i told you that i'm a super dork so i'm like shit i don't know what they call this shit i'm there like uh yo uh the, the pick your own beer thing he's like no what, what i really did was i freaking i didn't see where they had the empty six pack so i just Got took you. six freaking different beers in my hand 
and I'm walking up there looking like Edward Scissorhands, but fucking Edward Bottlehands. <laughs> and uh, and mind you, I'm here masked up, standing six feet away from the long ass line of alcoholics in front of me. I was like the second to last person to come in, right? And right behind me, they closed the door. I hear them closing the door and locking while I'm walking back. And uh, and then people come and you hear them knocking on the door and banging. And it sounded like people on the day of Noah, dog, banging on the door of the ark. <laughs> we need alcohol, please. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, dog. <laughs> We're looking for these beers. I get all my beers. I walk up and homie looks at me and he's like, bro, I hate to bust your bubble, but we don't do that anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I was told by, by a source that I trust that I figured go pick the six that I wanted and you guys would freaking let me do it. He's like, no, nah, we don't do that anymore because what happens at the end of the day is that it doesn't match up with inventory and then we have like one or two that we can't sell or anything. I'm like, I give a fuck. I just want my fucking six beers. You're dog. a corporation. Yo, Figure that shit out. <laughs> I'll be like, dog, that shit says $12 for this fucking six-pack. Break that shit down in six. <laughs> right? Just fucking charge me freaking a couple cents more. I don't care, dog. Just, but whatever. So he's like, listen, if you want those two that you got there, right, because I had the uh, the lager, mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I had this gold, the, the pineapple one. No, I didn't have the pineapple one. I had the lager one. I had, what was the other one? The was it the porter that you told me that was supposed to be like chocolate? Yeah, the, yeah, the porter, the chocolate, or the it's typically like a chocolate. Some of them have a more of a chocolate connotation. Some of them have a more of a coffee. I saw a chocolate peanut butter porter that I freaking snatched up. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try this is beer. <laughs> was it was it was it a can or a bottle? It was a bottle. It was a long neck bottle. Uh, was it um? Was it Duclaw, the name of the brew, the, the brewing company? I don't know if it was Duclaw. That shit said okay. peanut bu- chocolate peanut butter porter. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a couple of them. I, there's a couple breweries that, that give it their go at uh at these chocolate peanut butter porters. There's a couple good ones though. So yeah, so you were saying so you did you had you had yeah, the so, uh, so so I had that one. I had um I had I, the only thing I couldn't find from what you told me was the sour ale. So I had yeah. something else there and shit. And I brought it up and he didn't let me but he said like but yo the, those Kona ones are five ninety nine. The the six pack. Mm. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll get two six packs. <laughs> That's it. I, I need them for the show and stuff. And I got them. And then uh, last night while I was running the show, I had one of each. And uh, and I really enjoyed the freaking the uh, the tropical pineapple one, the Gold Cliff IPA. Okay. But I tried that one first, and my man told me he's like, yo, that one has fucking seven point two freaking. Yeah, he's like that. He's like, all you're gonna need is like two of those. You're gonna be straight. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever, right? And then uh, I drank that one first. So the other one went down like beer. I'm like, oh, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, so I guess I guess the lager is more like a freaking. It's it's like an amber bock, right? Yeah, the um the longboard lager. It's a uh, what do you got? It's an American lager. Yeah, it kind of fits along the side. Uh, Amber bock's a little bit darker. It's a little lighter. Um, that one there is, uh, also from the Kona Brewing. That one definitely is a change of pace when it comes to ABV, cause that's a 4.6. So it's definitely a, a steep drop. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was looking at all of them. They're like, oh, 4.6, that ain't fucking shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what is your average Heineken? The, uh, Heineken sits right around that same range. It's, it, I don't think it crosses five. Um, 
most of your your beers are um, are right around in that four point six high fours, low fives. So you so two things, and 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 this is why I was super interested in okay. finally getting the chance to interview with old Ted Head Head on uh, on brews beats and eats. Um, I am a beer drinker by society you go out and, gotcha. and, and whatever you're freaking a man so you have to have a beer at freaking dinner or you go out to eat wings and you get a picture and shit whatever yeah and i was always once again mr cool dork right i would go to a bar and never know what that what what do you order bro what do you order so i don't look fucking like an idiot out here right so i i, I learned one thing to order and i kept it safe so freaking yeah give me the heineken or give me the freaking jack and coke bomb but uh, now with the whole beer movement and the IP and the brewery movement and stuff, uh, I'm interested in getting deeper. So for somebody who's not learned like me, who's a beer drinker because we grew up drinking beer, right? Yes. Um, but like for, for me, a good beer was a freaking Mickey's or, or a Natty yeah. Ice Court. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Right? So, uh, so when, th- that's one. I want to get into that with you. How, how like for those listening that maybe aren't connoisseurs of good brewed beer and stuff never been to a brewery and stuff uh what would you lead them into hey you should try this like because for me just picking the 4.5 that's not it wasn't exciting for me because i'm like ah oh, whatever it's a good beer to yeah. drink afterwards so i don't get too fucked up right um but, yeah. like, but like now on a weekend i want to try something that's freaking cool so i want you to give me some points on that but another thing which is a cool fact that i think you'll you'll like and your listeners will like i'm not sure if the quarantine has anything to do with it right and import and export movement right but as i was there at said uh winery and liquor store which is a large chain which i've been to before and they have a large selection of um of brood of of these ipas and breweries and and different kind of beers i couldn't find any of those like belgium ones or mm. or like Dutch ones, the ones that come in the big bottles and stuff, they didn't have any of that shit. Gotcha. Yeah, those those probably move a bit quicker because like you said, you you could cop those, they're strong. You don't need a lot of them, and you could probably split a bottle amongst two, maybe three people, depending on the level of thirst. Seriously? So yeah, like one of those bottles is like 20 ounce bottles. I think it was a 20 ounce bottles that they have. Typically, yeah, you could split that. I mean, two people split that one in half and you're feeling good. It's as opposed to let's oh, say so, like you so, so that's to serve in cups and stuff. That's not like to take to the head. You oh you could you could you could yo hey listen <laughs> <laughs> we grew up listening to the alcoholics. There's that's nothing we can't so, so you don't so you don't show up at the cipher with that shit with one of those no. <laughs> nah. nah, typically you don't for the simple reason is that temperature affects the the you know the, the taste of the of the beer. Mm. So like any other situation, you know, a quart, a quart, unless you were really thirsty back in the days when we was copping quarts, you know, you got to the point where if you weren't. Yeah, by, half, the, end, by the end of that shit, that shit was freaking rancid. Exactly. So it, it plays out the same way. A, a bottle like that is meant, you know, to, to be shared because it has such a, a high alcohol by volume and everybody kind of gets an effect. It might not be the effect that they desire because they probably need a couple more. Like you said, if you're if you're familiar with beers to begin with, then yes, going from drinking, let's say your your usual suspects of Heineken, Presidente, uh, Corona, you know, not to, not to bring up any any bad connotations, but oh, um, or Corona, yeah, or Heineken. But when you go from that to like a four point six, like the Adelager, 
that's like right and pace. So um, it all depends on the person's, I guess, how their familiarity with beer. If they're used to drinking beers normally and they want to see what all the fuss is about, yeah, you're going to want to venture into an IPA that has a little bit more of a bite, a little bit more of a, a, an alcoholic kick, um, and, and you'll go from there. Now, granted, you have to be prepared. If, if you're not the type of person that's fussy about the taste of things, because like you, like you said earlier with the Gold Cliff, it has its notes that you appreciate, but it does have that linger, lingering taste. Yes. Uh, me, myself, at this point, I'm still not a fan of, of IPAs that had that heavy linger afterwards because I feel like I can't get the taste out of my mouth and it, and it keeps me from going back and taking another sip because I, I was like, yeah, oh, this is too much. But if you're starting off and like, you're just trying to get your feet wet and you're, you're pretty much tired of the, the typical, you, you could stay in the, in the frame of lagers in the frame of lagers, but maybe something that uh, something that has a that's that's brewed differently. Like uh, there's there's breweries down here that have coconut lagers. If you like coconut, it has a little bit of hint of it. It's not really overpowering, but it's it's a refreshing taste, kind of like what oh, you notice. Yeah, you're noticing with the pineapple. Um, that's a good place to start. Uh, uh, you know, and you, if you want to get introduced to you know craft beers, um, I came in by the way of uh, of of ciders really you know, uh, Angry Orchard and whatnot. Those were the typical ciders were making a move. And then I said, oh, there's other ciders that aren't the XYZ joints. Word. So I started checking them out. They had some that were uh, infused with uh, jalapenos by Sonoma Brewing Company. Um, that one had a little kick. Um, then they start using, you know, like other fruits incorporated. Then eventually, <clears throat> homeboy of mine tells me, oh, you got to try this, this Belgium. Uh, Belgiums definitely have a more of, of a defined taste. And uh, and the higher uh, higher ABV, they they mostly focus on the the yeast aspect of the brewing process. Uh, IPAs they they go heavy on hops. They usually start with hops and finish with hops. That's why you get that 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 citrusy hoppy taste that kind of lingers around. Okay. So with a Belgian, it's more of the a little more on the yeast side. It's a little more yeast intense. And um, but it does the job, and it's to me that's like the, the one that I go to for a while there. Before I got into those, I was doing a lot of the bourbon barrel aged ales or bourbon barrel ales. Like Kentucky Brewing has a series of them, and um, you kind of get if you're if you're if you're a liquor guy, you kind of get a little bit of a that liquor aftertaste, which I prefer over the hops taste. Okay, that the the bourbon barrel one is that the one that that Orion was talking about? That was like a. Uh like what was it like a coffee one or a chocolate one or something it was, that was the the cream ale the cream it was ale. a cream ale yeah, yeah definitely that that's that's definitely one to, to to go towards again if you're used to drinking beers and you and you were you're at the you're the type of person that realizes that it's like hey listen i'm not here necessarily for the offensive taste of beer i mean i'm not i'm not uh how do you say deterred by the the taste of beer and i'm willing to try anything that yeah go ipa you're gonna get to where you need to be pretty quick and, uh, and and Belgians do that too. But if you like a little something a little heavier, if you're if you're the type that has like one beer and you're good, maybe an after dinner thing. You know, go with your stouts and your porters that you said. It kind of gives it a dessert feel if it has already a a, a hint of chocolate, a hint oh, of peanut cool, butter. Yeah. that would be that would be the the ideal spot to do that in. But yeah, it's I mean you it's it's a matter it's all if you're if you're just throwing if you're dipping your toe in the pool it's a matter of finding a lager that might have a different twist on it that is not your traditional uh run of the mill and then you go from there you know you get into your ales and whatnot but um yeah that's that would, so the, so the porters and which other ones are the the after dinner ones you said 
The stout, porters and stouts. I go more with a porter, but the stout, they, they just have a heavier base. Like you don't want to start off with a porter or a stout if you're starting to drink because you're going to, or before you have dinner because you're going to get full and you're going to feel it. Also, it's a hard, it's harder for any beer from a different style after a porter or a stout to kind of break through and you to pick up like all the, all the notes and the, and the, the flavors that come with the other beers. It just, it, it'll dampen the palate. So a stout is a Guinness. Yes. Is, yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Um, I, like I said, um, this is uh, one of the reasons why I started the podcast, and I've said this before, is um, I, I developed a, a light, you know, uh, an interest in beer. Uh, uh, besides, you know, your, your the presidentes, which us Dominicans are are notorious for drinking, um, or you know, Mickey's when you was growing up, and that's what you were able to get out of that store that sold it to you before, you know, before you were illegal. Yep, illegal, but. Um, but I, I found the interest in it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try a little bit of everything and see, you know, see where that takes me. And, I, and I've come across a couple of situations where I had a favorite for a minute and then it shifted. But um, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I just like to try different beers. And, and maybe one day I'll become a, con- a connoisseur. But at least if I, could, if I could spread knowledge on what I do know, the very little that I do know, then hey, I'm satisfied. Each one's each one. I'll tell you one thing. It's genius, though, man, because for one thing um, – it, it's a perfect marriage to your other passion in hip hop, because when you mm. when you say uh, we talk beer, hip hop, and food, shit, that sounds like everything I love, right? <laughs> I mean, like, yo, yeah. I, yeah. yo, I I'm listening to some hip hop. I want to have me, me a beer and stuff, smoke me a little something, and then that leads to the food, right? Um, but here in Miami, right, and it's it's great because it's a it's a great pull into different to different markets everybody loves to eat and here in miami the brewery scene is blowing up and um and yeah, yeah. man whenever we i ha- we have a couple of uh brand new really dope ones down here by tamiami airport that whenever you're down okay. maybe on a weekend or something once this uh covid thing is is over bro come down here i will take you around and we'll eat at a really dope a couple of really dope spots here in miami and we'll go over to those breweries and maybe we could meet the owners and and definitely i think with with i know what you were from from hearing a couple of your episodes, I know you were getting to the point where you're going out and um uh, and actually uh doing the the podcast from breweries and trying out their brews and, yeah. and definitely man, I think that that's the way to go out here in Miami. No, for sure. And um, shouts to um, shouts to Alex Valle from Strange Beast Brew. Yes. Um, the the most the most recent uh the ro- most recent episode. Shouts to him, yo. He came through. It was a hell of a dude. I had a good time um talking to him, and uh, he put me on to a lot. And I shared the story there where, you know, we're talking about, yeah, one weekend we'll pull up. I've, you know, I've taken that trip down to West Kendall, uh, unbeknownst to me that that's where I was going to end up at. But I did take the trip, pulled up, and uh, he, he's already recommended a couple of different spots down there where I, I should visit if I'm already there anyway. So I'm down, bro. So, brother, that's something the, we got. The next time you come here, just know that if you do not hit up H2O, it is a violation, dog. And you could be freaking rushed on site. If you get seen in Kendall, <laughs> they haven't hollered at it. That, that is the second rule of Bruce Beats and Eats. Recently, we established the first rule, which is not to discuss a certain thing that went down on the night of Dillafest. We're not going to say what that was because we're not supposed to talk about it. And the other one is if I pull up the Kendall, H2O has to be, yes. has to be part of the situation yes. down there. Come on. You're going to freaking take me around and you're going to freaking show me how to order freaking a beer at a brewery. You know, like there we go. One last thing before we, before we move on to the, uh, to the beast sports, another thing that just, just popped into my head for anybody else who, you know, when you find yourself after this COVID thing and they open up the breweries and you can pull up and you want to try something new, listen, don't ever be ashamed to pull up, sit at the bar and tell them, yo, 
I want a taster of that. They'll pour you like an ounce and a half, a sip, and, and you could try it. And, and you make a decision there before you get into a full beer. So there's, there's, plenty, of, um, there's plenty of ways of, of learning or, or figuring out what it is that you like actually without investing a lot of money. Man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you've done fucked up. So that, you've done fucked up. That's the way to you just told that to a, to a brother who lived half of his life freaking pimping the food courts at the malls. <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to a mall without an extra shirt in my backpack, dog. The freaking change, the change outfits and hats. Go. What you got? Your bourbon chicken? Hold, hold on, on a second. I've never tried this. Hold on. Oh, that one wasn't good. Can I, can I try this one here? <laughs> Yo, man, w- waiting around like a stalker for the Charlie subs to come out, dog. But the the problem is that those those old habits don't die. So now I go as uh, as an old man with six kids, and we all look like stalkers yeah. around Charlie's, just waiting for the lady to come out with the. It looks <laughs> like the like the line at Tomorrowland, your shit, or the at a uh, face mountain. No, it looks like all the ducks waiting outside in Kendall for the lady for the old lady to come out with the bread and stuff, and we rush her dog. <laughs> Yo, it's horrible, dog. <laughs> But uh, but but yeah. yeah now now yeah. that I know that, I will pull up to a brewery and be like, "Yes, I would like a taster of all of your beers." Yeah. What does that <laughs> taste like? What does that taste like? You know? Would you like to order something? Oh <laughs> hell no, I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll see y'all later. Actually, you know what? Let me. Uh, it's not a taster. You could you could have a taste of it. A taster is actually a a four ounce glass. But if you tell them, "Hey, I'd like to sample that beer. Can I try that one?" They'll ask you, oh, do you want a, you want a beer or do you want to sample it? And you go, no, I want to sample it. And like you said, you get your your mall food court on it and, you know, flex the skill on it. Flex the skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, let's get into this music thing. You know what it is. It's Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. I still got H2 Owens with me. Now we're going to talk music. Yes, yes. Rockin' beats, beats, beats. Rockin' beats, beats, beats. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. We have reached the beats portion. I think I'm in good company when it comes to talking about beats because you've already heard the extensive knowledge, the extensive history that this man shares with hip hop. So let's not stop there. Let's keep going. Definitely, we just were discussing the quarantine and the, uh, the the readily available availability of music, of entertainment, of movies. Do you think, you know, if, if we go back to our younger days where you were able to maybe buy one tape and maybe every three months that you could afford or maybe somebody would dub you a tape because you couldn't afford one and you were stuck not being able to purchase anything else like you would burn out that tape bro i you know what i always tell my kids i tell them i used to watch a movie 15 times the stupidest 80s movie right do you remember that ed yeah no hey beverly hills Come on, Beverly Hills Cop, how many times did you watch it? You knew it verbatim, dog. It, yeah. Oh, freaking freaking yeah. the Warriors, uh, freaking Goonies. God, Jesus, dog. I freaking burnt that tape. <laughs> Yo. And we would watch them on repeat, right? Now, was it, I don't know, was it because we didn't have another? Or we would just get into stuff, man. And when we had tapes, you know, there, there, was, there was nothing like the feeling. And I never get tired of hearing somebody's story of waiting Mm. At a Specs or at Best Buy <laughs> till 10 a.m. on a Tuesday because you just gotta <laughs> have that new Boogie Monsters God Sound album. Yeah, not lying. I would always, I would always hate in the source where because the source would would give you the freaking whatever the the unsigned hype 
uh, MC, the freaking uh, quotable of the month, right? And th mm. and then you would always get to the the page that had the mixtapes that were going around, and I'd always be like, "Where the fuck do you buy those mixtapes?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, yo, why are we why are we putting? Out, it's like uh, it's like movies that are getting put out, but they're not shown in all the theaters. It's like. Fuck, where am I supposed to where, find where this you, flick? But that shit, the, the inaccessibility of it made it so coveted, yo. Made it so that you yeah. want yeah. That, that that shit was fucking ill. One of the illest shit that ever happened to me, man, ever. It was um, during a pro-am weekend. Um, me and Charlie Fast, after a pro-am, we went out to the beach. It was a spot out in the beach called G-Spots, right? That I think at, okay. at, at one point it was called something else. I, forget, I think Creams. Or something. No, Cream was another spot, but it, this was called G Spot and shit, and fucking and um, Speedy freaking was out there with the after party and stuff. And in the back room, they they were just spinning beats, and there was just MCs fucking going at it. And uh, first time I met uh freaking Mike Kamikaze seven 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 freaking uh freaking big ups to Kamikaze. Um, and uh and I battled them there and stuff. I was a young cat. I remember just to put it on on time reference on Arid reference, we walked in through the door and they gave us a, a big, the full size, big poster of common, of common sense's one day it all makes sense. Ooh, wow, wow, wow. It was a full size, it was a full size, like movie poster, right? And, uh, yeah, and yeah. it was up him full size in a, in a hall, like a school hallway with all the pictures from the inside of the, of the album cover right around this. I would never forget it. I had it up in my room forever. And um, I walked in there and stuff and we were rhyming and stuff, ciphering in the back and stuff, battling and shit. And, um, and in the midst of that, at the end, I was there and I was smoking a blunt with this dude who was from Chicago. He was down. He was an MC who was down with his crew, right? Uh, he, he rolled with some B-boys and they were down there. He's like, yeah, my name is this and that. I rhyme. I'm from Chicago. I don't, I don't remember the guy's name or anything, dog. Um, but all I know is that he's like, yo, here, let me bless you with this mixtape. Right, and at that time, a mixtape wasn't this dude's freaking recordings over people's freestyle. I mean, people's beats. Right? Yeah, that's not what yeah. a mixtape was. A mixtape at this time was a tape that's going around of a mix of songs, right? Yes. That a DJ has thrown together some underground shit or something that you recorded a bunch of fucking songs that you recorded off of the radio, off of yeah. an underground. Uh, an underground freaking college radio station or some shit, and homie hits me up with this tape. I'm like, oh, big ups, my mom. I go home, I listen to it the next day, and that shit had an early version of Eight Steps to Perfection, the the wow. Funk Crusher EP version, not the Funk Crusher Plus fucking right. That shit had some early most death on it, had freaking um. Crosstown beef, uh, be like Crosstown traffic, thick, uh, brothers beyond some real, yo, had fucking some polyrhythmic shit on, yo, all this shit before Ruckus hit. Took off. Yes. Wow. Right? It was, it was wow. after getting that tape and listening to all this obscure shit, what the fuck is this shit, right? That um, maybe a couple months later at this spot that we had down here uh, called The Point, Right, I saw a magazine where they started talking about. I think it was a. Uh, I forgot who the which which publicist if it was Vibe or if it was 
I forgot who it was, but uh, mm. but it was a whole freaking ruckus was on the cover. And so who's, who are these ruckus people? And it had freaking the fire in which you burn freaking wax and shit. The freaking most definite wow. how you could hear and freaking um, uh, ultra magnetic and shit. Uh, be, yo, just the early freaking singles that freaking ruckus was putting out. And they were talking yeah. about a compilation that they were about to drop called Sound Bombing. Right. And that's when I freaking picked up on the sound bomb, and that's when you freaking the the maxi single for the lyricist lounge came out. Do, do you wow? Remember, another do you remember the the lyricist lounge maxi single that had freaking I, what was I, the song I, with free, down, with Q Tip most I, I, and and uh and Tash or freaking the alcoholic? Yeah, body rock. Yes, yo, it had that shit, and then it had the freestyle. With Common, Pharaoh, Monch, Black Thought, and Bobito. Yes, yes, uh, I remember that. Where where Bobito was like, "Yo, this was supposed to be the anniversary show," and uh, I think, and then yes. I think uh, Al Skills was on there too. I I, I think so. It, it might have been. I, all I know is that freaking it had Black Thought, Pharaoh, and Common yeah. on this shit, and and I think Common spit freaking a verse that was on his uh on his one day it all makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's just whack. That nigga fucking spit a risk. Yeah, well, he said, well, he said, I pursue a sound fairs. Relax like Drew down hairs. Drew down hairs, yeah. yeah. Like gang signs. Other niggas throw down there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I throw down this. Yes, dog. <laughs> no, yeah. Damn, yo, you, you see, when, when you say things like, oh, we've been talking to H and he's got mad hip-hop knowledge. No, no, dog. My, I tip my hat. I bow my freaking head. Dog, I'm dog. I give you and Orion mad props, and your other boy, man. You guys, with with what you guys are doing with the oh, uh, the arcs, the architect, yes, sir, yes, man. Appreciate that, yo. You got, you guys are a wealth of knowledge, man, and it is a freaking a gem to have that because there's some cats, bro. Me, I can't remember my own lyrics. (laughs) Word bond, dog. And as an MC, that's the worst thing. You said, you said that. For an MC, the biggest exercise or the biggest hurdle must be his breath control. Yeah. I think maybe one, but no, his memory. Mm-hmm. Some have it, bro. Some people like you, maybe like Serum. Serum is a fucking machine with that. He whatever he writes, it's it's in his mind. It came out of him. So he says for some reason, bro, and it happens. If I write something down. It's gone, bro. If I lose that paper or if it's not recorded, I've, I've, I've gotten it out of me. And I don't remember them, dog. And there, there's been shit like now uh, getting the stuff together for the uh, for the spillage. Okay. Because the, the, spill, the spillage uh, mixtape, all it is is all of the songs that I recorded over the last 20 years, since 2000, okay. right to, to recently, to like 2018. Right, actually, the, the last song on the album is a song I just recorded last year um, that I'm, I'm trying to beg Draz, our freaking good friend Draz, a citation yes. down, to see if he'll, if he'll accept my entry into his menu album. Oh, okay. Yeah, but all those tracks are, are tracks that I've written and recorded over the last 20 years and just never put out. Okay. So I just sent them all to, to proof them. They're like, yo, just do what you do as a DJ and just play the first verse or the freaking... Or, there's a collab, just my verse and the collab verse and stuff. And I got the bench warmest click on there. I got Sahid on there. Freaking, I got Hindu rock on there. Oh, 
old unreleased alphanumeric stuff um freaking old unreleased vice city cypher stuff just a bunch of good shit man um a lot of a lot of tracks with me in spanish that a lot of cats haven't heard before and the whole the whole thing is that the thing of spanning two generations brother is that when you saw me like when you bring up oh 2010 i see my my trajectory in this local hip-hop scene in stages like mm-hmm. that like if you tell me a, a year when you said 2009 2010 in my head i said okay alphanumerics era mm-hmm. right because that's when i was rocking with with alpha new right before that if you said 2000 through 2000 like 1999 uh through 2004 well that was a literats era yeah right and then i would take hiatuses during those those times Right where I freaking I was all created out. I had to back off and deal with family stuff and raising kids and stuff. And um, and then I came back with the Alpha New shit. And I was performing, but after the Alpha New shit, I went into the promoting side. And then for ten years, cats didn't see me performing. I would kick a freestyle in an open mic or to introduce, like if we're doing ciphers at Saturday Mic Live, I'd, I'd freestyle there and stuff. But it was just ciphering and freestyling. Everybody saw me as, oh, Uncle H, he's cool. <laughs> You could do the hippity hop, <laughs> but there was a whole generation gap of young cats that I was putting on that hadn't seen me rock, that hadn't, that had never heard of my music, yeah. and I've never been one to be there like, yo, yo, do your math, listen to this. You don't know who you're fucking with, and shit. Nah, I'm like, yo, if you want to freaking do your research, do it. And really, it's my fault because a lot of the stuff, like I said, I got four albums that I never released. A lot of the stuff that I recorded, I never released. Mm. So um, so now is that like, yo, I want to do this album with Proof and all freaking, all love, all props to DJ Proof. I hail him as Miami's boom bap king. Uh, you, that you love that sound. Yeah. I, I freaking, I recommend that you look up D- anything that's produced by DJ Proof. He is producing so much right now for so many different artists, man. Uh, he's got this new album coming out with uh, Ghost of the Machine mm. called Cure for Hire yeah. 3, and it's fucking fire, dog. Yeah. Fire. But, um, but I'm here like, yo, I want I want this shit to be well-received. Yes. I want cats to know what to expect with this. So I got all this material I'm sitting on while everybody's sitting at home in quarantine. Let's start releasing this little by little so you can start getting a taste of Yo, because that's the whole thing, man. When you hear an artist the first time, you really don't know what to expect. And sometimes if they don't sound like something that you're familiar with, you write it off as, no, he doesn't do it right. Yeah. Yeah. And despite the fact that that, may, that might be the furthest from the truth, um, I, I, I say it a lot on this podcast. A lot of times we come across music that's actually great. It's just we're not ready to receive it at that point in time. Exactly. Yo, the first, the first, the first album, the first CD, or no, not the first CD, the first tape I ever bought with my own money was De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. Oh, right? And, um, and I, De La Soul is my favorite all-time group, just so you know. Um, but I freaking listened to it once. I put it in its case and I threw it in my freaking drawer. I'm like, what the fuck did I waste my money on? <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. I didn't understand what the fuck the game show was about yes. at the at the beginning. I didn't understand what the skits were about. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with these guys? And imagine, I'm like 11, 12, and I'm like, these guys are on drugs. Ronald Reagan said these guys are bad. sure it's daisies and not weed? Yeah, I'd be like, what, what the hell is all this shit? They're having an orgy. Oh, my God. Right? Yo, um... But yeah, I just didn't yeah, understand it, and, and um, it wasn't until years later that uh, 
that I trip. I always knew the De La singles, yeah, and shit, right? But uh, it wasn't until years later that I tripped on um, De La on Balloon Mind. Or Balloon, or Balloon Mind, yeah. No, on Balloon Mind State, mm. and I fucking was blown <laughs> away, dog. And then um, the day that uh, Nas's it was written dropped, stakes is high dropped, mm. and I and I had I had. I bought the Nas, it was written. I bought the freaking De La, freaking Stakes is High. And it came, it, I always, I always say, see it as a freaking, as a crossroads, dog. Freaking, before me, I saw two roads and, freaking, and, 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 and trying to figure which one I would travel by, dog. I'm like, yo, I'm going to play this, I'm going to play this De La first, man. And, um, and, dog, freaking, it's been down that road ever since, and I went back and freaking listened to freaking to uh, Three Feet High and Rising afterwards with the knowledge of all the lawsuits that it brought them and, yeah. and and how it was the first album to ever do skits and how it was the first album to ever get into trouble for sampling and shit and uh and the genius that Prince Paul was because I already gained the respect from him for him from um Balloon Mind State and um and yeah man I freaking got into that shit I'm like yo these guys were fucking geniuses and then. Just from balloon mind state and their cadences, dog, fucking pause and yeah. freaking David walking on fucking stars, bro. Yeah. They were out of this fucking world, man. They had their own language, right? And yo, when you hear how sharp it had become on balloon, but then you go back and you listen to Three Feet High Rising, you're like, yo, the cadences that they're using on that shit, dog. Uh, uh, president, no, what is it? Paragraph, president, paragraph, president, yeah, yo, god, Jesus, yo, fuck, man, and then what they did with De La Soul is dead, and then I freaking gave De La Soul is dead all the respect only because the source gave it five mics. That's right. It's one of the it's one of the few, or at least back in the days, one of the few source five mic albums. Yeah. So yeah. I said I gotta I gotta fucking find out why, and it's just all the skits in between them and everything. Oh man, and just the production on that shit, it's just great, bro. And it, it'll never be done. I, I listen to it now, and I'm like, I can understand some me trying to show this to somebody right now and explain to them the genius of it, and them looking at me like. You fucking belong in a loony bin. Yeah. Right? You should you, be committed. Nigga, peace porridge in a pot, yeah. dog? But that, Come but on, dog. But that, 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 that is my shit. That is my shit. And like you said, so dog, about cadences, yo. It's, that's... Hello, hello, my name is the pasta. I like, I like, I like to drink the little... Oh, come on, yeah. man. And the whole shit is about fighting. <laughs> <laughs> At the donut hill, you know, at the donut hole, man. Bro, so wrong, man. <laughs> Bro all the fuck, all the shit coming in and out. You, you know what was dope? Now, talking about this, and you're saying donut hole, and all the, all the little shit that they would have, freaking that they'd be saying in, in and out of each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, right now we love it when motherfuckers like Madlib or Alchemist. Did, did you see um? Did you see when I played the Alchemist playing the the joint he produced for MF Doom? Yes, yes. When he would when he would just drop the KRS one freaking talking over it and shit. Yep, yep. We, we love we love that now in producers when they freaking throw some at some freaking left field freaking voice sample in the middle of a verse. Yeah, yeah. 
And Daylight was doing that shit back in the 80s, brother. Freaking late 80s, early 90s, cutting in on each other and just saying mad random shit, dog. Bro, on Balloon Mind State, there was part where there was like one part where he was like, Cracker, oh, I didn't know you were going oh, back. I know, I know you were going. <laughs> so that, yo, that album is so genius, yeah. nigga. Dog. I yeah. still don't know what I don't I still don't know what the trees are saying to him, but dog, uh, but they ain't telling lies to him, bro. <laughs> trees in his backyard and they ain't telling lies. He got the trees in his backyard and they ain't telling lies to him. But who's the foot, dog? <laughs> it's he's the foot, but who's stepping? You know, you know that out from all that. Oh, I, could, I, I could honestly say I could. Uh, you ever walk into a conversation, or you ever hanging out with some peoples, and they're, they're they're good friends, but they might have a a stronger bond between them, and you're kind of like you're cool with them, and they both know you, but you're not on the same level. It's like there's there's always inside jokes. Uh, De La Soul, a lot of their material is all inside jokes, yes. and some of it resonated, and some of it didn't, but still. They, they found a way to make you included in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though you don't know what the fuck they was talking about. Like, what is he talking about? You know, it, it's, but it, but it made sense. You know, it made, it, it made you feel like, I don't quite get it. And then that's when it, the most impressive part to me was when Pasta News said, um, um, uh, something about soaking his words in ginger. So when he ran a phrase in June, you didn't catch it till, you catch it till December, dog. Come on. <laughs> And then you're sitting there And then what happens is I mean I, And I don't know How much of it was Like How much of it is them Just It's pure genius Or they didn't know What they were doing And no, nigga, was, Is that he, He's been rocking Abstract Since loose leaves Were the shit dog <laughs> Catch him breathing nigga, On planes nigga, Fuck being hard comp- <laughs> Fast the noose Is complicated yeah. <laughs> Come Oh, Catch man. me breathing on planes where the gangsters outdated. Wow, dog. Yeah. Catch me breathing on planes where the gang. Let's just break that down. You could, you could, you could easily say, "Yo, where I'm from, that shit just fucking whack, dog." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, where I'm from, we where I'm from, from yeah, here. we don't fuck with that shit, dog. Right? We don't fuck with your gangster shit. No. Catch me breathing on planes. This is where I live, dog. Catch me breathing on planes where the gangsters outdated. Fuck being hard. Pasta news is complicated. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, you know, and and that's I think that uh, De La Soul uh, definitely contributed to my the way I listen to music now and and what I appreciate. What I can honestly say, yo, this is dope because if I could sit there and listen to a verse from someone and and maybe not catch it the first time, but go back and revisit and go, oh shit. That's what he meant by that. You know, it's like, I'm learning. At least least for me, at least for me, man, that's what makes me go back Mm. to songs. The playability. Yes, where where I didn't, where I know I didn't catch everything the first time. Where I'm like, yo, I'm just listening to this. Like, what's going on? I'm just listening to this and I'm letting it go by. Give me one quick second. Is your hair inside? I'm sorry, my daughter just had a hair. Go back, it looks gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little low, maybe a little bit more. It looks good. I love it. I, the full experience, I'm not gonna let you dye your whole hair. No. <laughs> Look, it looks good. Yo, my bad. My daughter and my stepdaughter just walked up into my freaking into my zone here. So 
I'm just smoking a cigarette. I'm like, yes, can I help you? She's like, do you like it? I'm like, oh, shit, my bad, you dyed your hair. <laughs> my daughter's standing in front of me with blue hair. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? Yeah. Yo, so so in, in, in finality, I guess the Gold Cliff IPA did the job, brother. It did. Oh. It did. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. But, no, uh, yeah, man. With, with with what we were talking, with what we were talking about, daylight. It's just um, that 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 the fact that they the rolled it away. Yeah, that you didn't catch it all the first time. That yeah, it made you want to go back and say, "Bro, what did he say in that time?" And if it has that, brother, I will play that shit all day. And yeah. that, that's why that's why I gravitate. So those like, like, and I understand, man. I understand when I tell people, yo, check out this new Aesop rock that it's going to, you know, it's not going to get a majority like, cause it's mm. a lot to take in and you got to train your ear for it, man. Yes. Just hip, hip hop in general, rapping, you got to train your ear for it, right? Like when, um, when I first tried to listen to West Side Gun and Conway, they were, um, the albums that I tried to jump in on. They were trying to do that uh that rock that rock Marcy no freaking drums freaking gotcha. just heavy sample and when I first listened to it I was there like yo when is this intro gonna end <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay when do the drums come in dog come on this shit is taking forever dog this thing is taking forever to make we're at the three minute mark like come on I, it ends I'm now like, yo the song ended okay I guess that's the intro song and then the second song comes on I'm like no there's another intro song I can't fuck with this and it takes you. And that that's dog. After twenty years of, of freaking listening, thirty years of yeah. listening to freaking raps and shit, yeah. and um, and then everybody kept on saying, "Yo, this shit is blazing. This shit is so odd." And I'm like, "What am I not hearing, dog?" So I went back and I, I I gave it a look. And and when you freaking train your ear to it, and that's why I could understand why these new kids don't might not feel our shit because most of them don't have a trained ear to it. And it sounds like they're doing it wrong because what they have an ear trained to is these newer styles. And that's why you got to yeah. do the... Hey, yo, I I learned how to freaking write 16, 24s, 36s, whatever, and in bars and freaking and, and hooks and how to change your patterns in between them. But these motherfuckers change your patterns every freaking two of them. I mean, like, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I, I can't do that shit, man. My wife told me and one time. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. It sounds like a good one coming. Your wife said? No, no. My wife told me one time. She's like, yo, why don't you try to, you're a good writer. Why don't you try to make some real money off this and become uh, just a songwriter of just write raps for people? And yeah. I tried to explain to them. They're like, no, because the to be a songwriter, you have to, to make money writing songs. You have to write songs that are radio friendly. And I can't write that. She's like, why can't you write that? I'm like, they can't understand it. They don't understand that. No, I'm not going to write. And what I would write, nobody else would freaking say. I, I'm like, it's only something that I freaking, I, I couldn't see myself ghostwriting for somebody and having them because I write in my style, right? I write yeah. with my voice, right? So, and then that's the whole thing. And there's some people, yo, one of the most mind-blowing things, and it was it was really eye-opening for the business. When um when I was rolling with Rec with the Illiterates and Rec started freaking blowing up, and, and he got signed, signed to Southbeat Records and stuff. And they started flying us out to New York and L.A. to work with some producers and shit. Um, every studio we went to had 
at least one writer there that wow. would that would just hang out at the studio. And this this man's job was to roll blunts, right? To break up weed, roll blunts, write hooks, right? And freaking and lyrics if freaking if uh, if an artist needed. And you would go in there, and he wouldn't push it on you, right? You'd go in there. You freaking record, and if you were like us, you'd go in there with your shit already ready. You'll send us the beats beforehand. We'll get that shit by the time we get in there. We're ready to record. But a lot of cats go in there ready to party, and they let me hear the beat, ah, and they're trying to come up with something, and they and sounding whack. And the dude's just in the background. He's there like, "How do you how do you like this?" Blah 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 blah. blah. Oh shit, that shit sounds fire. Here you can use it, and just like that, dog. Oh, how you like this hook? Yeah. Oh, that shit sounds fire. Bomb. You can use it, and it's part of the fucking. The studio package. Got you. Got you. And when I wow. saw, yeah, when I saw that, I was there like, and he was telling me that like this is how this is how it works in the industry, man. He's there like hmm. he's there like I, I wanted to be an MC, right? But then I started seeing the business side of it. I'm there like, yo, I could write and I'm a little ugly, right? <laughs> he's like, I gotta be realistic. And he's in New York, right? So I guess, yo, imagine in New York, everybody's freaking trying to shop to the fucking to the record labels and everybody's freaking grinding out there. And this kid was just like, yo, I, I see that I'm short, I'm ugly, I'm, I'm not freaking, I don't have that star quality and shit, whatever. But nobody might not know me. I might not come out in a video, but I'm getting publishing on this shit, right? And oh, yeah. That nigga put me on game. He's like, he's like, uh, you ever heard, um, you ever heard Jodeci's Life, Life? Life, yes. Life, Life, Life. You ever heard uh, Maxwell's Fortunate to have you, girl. I'm so okay. glad. Wow. You ever heard Kelly Price's? It will rain. There'll be pain. Won't no, that one I can't say. Well, and freaking R. Kelly's. When a woman's fed up, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. Well, all four of those songs came out on the Life soundtrack for the Mar- okay. Martin Lawrence freaking Eddie Murphy movie. Okay. Yeah. You know who wrote that whole soundtrack? R. Kelly. Oh, was it R. Kelly? He wrote the whole thing. He wrote the whole thing. And he had wow. fucking billboard hits with Life, but with Jodeci, freaking Fortunate with Maxwell, freaking It Will Rain with Kelly Price, and his song. Where one Man. person would, re- would release a song hoping that he'll, he'll hit the billboards with it, R. Kelly had four songs on the billboards, all making him wow. money because he wrote wow. them. And that's the game he put me on. He's like, you write. So fucking write for people. But the whole thing is that freaking the 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 stupid truest in me and freaking, oh no, I gotta I just, yo, I was freaking brought up in a school that freaking taught me that honor and shit. No, that shit's fucking whack and stuff. And then freaking years later, I hear freaking KRS on, on uh, Drink Champ saying, no, it's it's okay to freaking have somebody to write your eyes. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. Yo, you, you, uh, yo I, the first, I heard that. I heard that, and, and it's like, wow, we have reached a level of pandering. Like, yo. you know, why? And, and I try to ask myself, why? Why would, why would he say that just for the sake of, like, not offending people? Because this is Karis one. No, he, he's he, the teacher. Yo, he's the teacher. He's at a level where if he says, no, nah, that shit is whack, then that shit is whack. And we respect you, yeah. dog. But to see you, dog, Karis has done it to me several times already, dog. And I've forgiven freaking Chris freaking a couple times already. The first time, I don't know if you remember, brother, but uh, 
you remember when I got, I think it's I got next came out yeah. and it was one of the first CDs that was a CD-ROM CD. Correct. Remember that you could put it in your freaking computer drive, and, yep. and you would see a video and shit. Well, on that video, KRS says, yeah, because a freestyle isn't necessarily a, a freaking verse that you kick off the head right on the spot. It's a verse <laughs> that you have already pre-written and that you have in your arsenal and stuff. You just haven't recorded it before and stuff. So you rock that shit at parties and it's not and dog. At that time, and and as I look back through the history of hip hop, it's true. I can't take dog. He was there. He he. That's exactly yeah. how he did it. It's just it came, yeah. it came to a point in hip hop where we came in in, in our underground freaking uh, zeal and passion that mm. we believed the MCs that said, "Yeah, freestyle everything off the top and I'll battle and shit." But really, that's something new that came out in that new not like mid to late 90s underground era that rose into that freaking Washington Square Park good life cafe okay. project blowed freaking era where the freestyle battles and the freestyle cyphers and where uh rocking a ridden and a cypher was fucking fucking was against the law and you could get freaking yeah. for that shit and all these rules mm-hmm. and respects those came later man and definitely he's just he's just dropping the truth I could I could more than understand you're in New York, you're going to parties and you don't want to get roasted. You want to have the fucking strongest rhyme. So you're at home fucking writing as many rhymes and memorizing them as fucking possible. So when you go to the party, yeah. you're rocking that shit right. Right? And and we, yeah. we could tell, like, after seeing so many freestyle battles, right, off the top freestyle battles, that's the one thing you could always tell in freestyle battles. You saw the first round and you saw all the whack people get smoked by all the good people. Right. Yeah. And then you saw the good people battle. Right. But freestyling, good freestyling isn't something that everybody could do, bro. I can't do it. I like to. I like to cipher. But battling like that and freestyling like that and being a master at it, that's not easy, bro. Being on a fucking supernatural level, being on a freaking Mike Ripper level, being on a fucking. Yo, that that shit is fucking next level shit, dog. So what you would see a lot is the uh the mc battles right sometimes they would get boring because what what cats were thinking off the head it just wasn't landing dog so of course it yeah. evolved into this thing where yo practice it first premeditate it whatever write it down get your performance down right because that's more entertaining and that's the same idea yeah. that these early mcs had I have to have my shit down tight so I could rock the crowd and not look like a fool. They're trying to think of the next punchline and saying, duh, duh, nah. What it was was really, let's see who has more rhymes memorized and who could last longer. Right. Pretty much, yeah. That's, it. yeah. That's what it was back then. Right. Let's see who's got them freaking longer. And yeah, you had some punchlines memorized and you could come up with some shit to connect it and stuff. But when I heard KRS say that, I was there like, and this is supposed to be my teacher. Fuck, <laughs> sucks, dog. And fucking, I'm in like, oh, Karen sold out and this and that. And then, uh, and when he said that shit on freaking Dream Champs, I'm there like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, hell no, nah, bro. You know what is an awesome podcast for lyricists, man, and and MCs and lovers of rhymes? The um, the King Crook's Corner, dog. Okay. Yeah, shout out to King yeah, Crook. Yeah, shout out to King Crook, Crooked Eye Man. Um if have you have you watched 
the the interviews with Rakim and with Eminem and now with Black Thought he just did? No, I have oh, not. I have not. Oh, brother, do yourself a favor. My God, what a, the, the that's on the that's on the list. What what, what, what was it? That's on the list. That's oh, definitely dude, on the list no, for no, sure. Do I mean, yourself a favor and watch that. The interview with Eminem alone won back all my respect with M. Yo, yo, such a dope breakdown of how they respect lyrics and lyricists they respect and what and and their their the technicality of how they write and how they break up syllables and everything. Yo, fantastic. Yo, great freaking podcast. If any MCs are out there listening, you probably already seen it, but his podcast for that, for breaking down and just the history of MC and, and, and coming up and from King, from, from Crooked Eyes stand, he always says, he's like, he came up from a gangbang and freaking history and he's like, and his boys just told him, yo, you, you rhyme real good. You should do that rhyming shit, right? But he came from the streets with that shit. Right and uh yeah and uh and he was trying to talk to Rakim when he's interviewing Rakim. He's like, "Yo, so the word is during the during the eighties and nineties, everybody thought that you were fucking either a huge drug dealer or connected with the drug dealer." And yo, Rakim to this day plays it like, nah, I don't know what nobody's talking about this that." Nah, but, <laughs> they're like, no. "Yo, people people think they they see me going into people's houses and this and that just because I fucking know people doesn't mean I mean." And just like that, but. You would see dog. Come on, Ed. Knowing now what we know about the industry and how these cats would get in jerks for their money and shit, dog. You remember the jewelry that that Rock Ken used to wear? There's yeah. There's definitely there's de- <laughs> there's definitely a, a a disconnect between what you know, like you said, if 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 the cold crush wasn't getting paid, you know what I'm saying, and and we didn't start well, not we, but the, you know the hip hop artists didn't start seeing any major money till. Fucking well into the mid nineties, and but yet the lifestyle that was lived, like you know, you got to know something was yeah, up. Man. Something was up somehow. <laughs> Yo, the the one of the one of the coolest interviews I've seen is uh Talib Kweli's on his uh on his People's Party podcast. People's yeah, Party, real dope podcast yeah. also. Uh, but the one he did with uh Too Short, really dope freaking podcast, man. And yeah. Too Short was dropping game, and he said like, "Yo, any freaking any rapper that was coming up during the eighties right was funded by freaking drug money somehow or any label anything. yo we were all freaking laundry mats for freaking drug dealers money dog. yo he, he he says that uh that a rival uh gang boss freaking like he sent his goons to pick them up like they were they were hanging on the block and they went and picked them up they're like you gotta get in the car on some freaking roughing them up shit and they're like what the fuck they got in the car they took them to the freaking the guy's house and the guys are like you're gonna make a song for me, just like you did for that other nigga. <laughs> like, and, and he's and he's like, that's how they started freaking. That's how they started getting their fame, dog. They started yeah. going to all the different freaking, all the different gang leaders that were in the different blocks. They're like, yo, we'll make a song for you, talking about how you the fucking big shit and how you drive this car and this and that. And and they would all drive on their fucking big cars, and all their fucking members were driving their cars, bumping their song, right? And, and it and that's how they were fucking hustling and coming up and it was and you hear that and it's genius and, and you think and that's why when freaking he says at the end he's like the biggest mistake we ever made right when we had all that money was not buying property mm, yeah yeah he's like because at that time all of oakland all of the bay was fucking mad dilapidated mad poor real estate dirt cheap and he's like now they've come up in this bitch and gentrified this whole shit yeah yeah 
It's true. But yeah, man, and yo, it, it sucks. Do you, do you even know what the status of uh of Scarface is health wise? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't followed up. I thought he was doing better. Was he recovering? I, I mean, I'm I'm guessing because we haven't heard freaking worse news and shit. Yeah, he spread the God, spread the Godson, man. Yeah, I mean, when, man, yeah, yeah, man. When you heard Fred the Godson one week and freaking Scarface later that weekend, damn, man, it sucks. Scarface was running for mayor. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it couldn't have come at a worse time, bro. And to one, and to one of the the most successful, the one one of the people, like you said, running running for uh, office. I mean, that's that's uh, that's big. Um, to go, come from the Ghetto Boys, yes, exactly. Scarface and freaking Rapalot to to fucking running for mayor of Houston, man. Yeah, you know, that and 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 he's always been that smart brother and stuff. That hopefully he recovers from that, and um, if he turns this around and and it becomes a hey, I survived the freaking COVID story. I can yeah. freaking rebuild this. I can rebuild this community shit, and he wins and shit. It'll be awesome, man. I'll move to Houston. That's it. Yeah, that's it for sure. For sure. Hey, H man, we went. We ran through the gamut, man. We discussed music upon music, which I know we would because the the knowledge between the both of uh, both of us is extensive. Um, you, you know, you you're constantly digging through uh, files of music. You you put me on the stuff. We're just witnessing the the Vice City uh, Cipher Radio. It, it it put me on to stuff, so we can go on forever. But the people still want to know the one thing they still want to know beyond the beer, besides the music. They want to know what. How you- did I get so fat? Right? How did I get so fat? Bruce Beeson, he's the podcast. We're gonna come <laughs> back and talk food. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Beeson, he's the podcast. We are back. The final segment. Uh, thank you for for toughing it out. We, we we've given you, we've oversaturated you guys, the listener, with just the amount of hip hop that is not normally discussed in this episode. But that's what happened when you when you're dealing with a guest that has the mind of H two O. But thank you guys for putting up with me. In order to power the mind, you got to feed the body. Yes. So with that in mind, H two O. Let's let's say there's a day that you could have whatever you want to eat, starting from breakfast all the way into dinner. What a, what would a day like that look like? What would it consist of? Wow, bro! Um, fantastic spot over here is called uh, the internet. The international house? No, not the international house of pancakes. That's IHOP. It's yeah. the original pancake house. Is what it's yeah. called. Familiar. There's one. There's one over here in Kendall. It's right by uh, the Melting Pot on okay. 117th Avenue and Sunset, right? Gotcha. There's another one in Doral also, right on 36th Street or 41st Street, whatever Doral turns into. Um, but this spot has a baked omelet, right? That come, It's an omelet loaf. I don't know how they do it, but this thing comes out. It's a loaf of eggs that you cut into it and the cheese oozes out from the middle. It is freaking fantastic. Oh my God, man. And um, and the, the only thing is that it doesn't come with a side of pancakes and it's the original pancake house. Their pancakes are off the chain. Their waffles are off the chain too. So you always have to freaking get a side of that and it's really a lot of food, man. That freaking, that one uh, omelet loaf will freaking 
serve you and your and, and your significant other easily, man. It's like a huge egg hot pocket. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. Yo, it's huge, man. And um, and I don't know how it's so fluffy. Like they fill up with air with all the seasonings and fillings that they have in it. Whatever they have different, yeah, different styles you can have it and stuff. But it's fantastic. So original Pancake House is one of our favorite spots to go to over here. Okay. Um, now lunch or dinner usually after after breakfast like that on a Saturday we hit that up like around eleven so we're not really getting a lunch in but a, a dinner out here um like I said before Peruvian is one of my favorite gotcha. uh, foods out here there's a spot out here in Kendall which is basically the Cadillac of Peruvian foods it's called Doctor Limon Doctor Limon okay okay. Right. I've heard it, it's been mentioned on the podcast before. Yo, man, Dr. Limon is serious. I'll tell you one thing. You won't know what you're ordering because you go and it's it's Peruvian um, food, but with like a hip new infusion, but he uses all the original ingredients from Peru. So okay. when you look at the menu, it has the names of all the Indian herbs or the native herbs that they use over there. And you don't recognize any of these names. And I speak fluent Spanish, dog. And I have no idea what any of these <laughs> things are. Dog. And usually they say like the name of the, of the uh, place. Gotcha. Like, like, Pollo La Huancaina. Right? <laughs> and it'll say three things like, like, eh, Yerba Charipia, right? Pongolonoco. <laughs> Right and soupy tupu, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this? Shit? Am I am I pronouncing it right? This doesn't make any sense to me. You might as well fucking put hieroglyphics on this page. Yeah, this nah, nah, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta wonder, yo. You, you guys are fucking with me. Like, I'm not gonna walk into a Sedano's and I've asked for fuburupi tupu. straight up. I'm like, yo, I've never seen that shit at a freaking paradero ever. No, you'll be like, yo. What is that shit? But um, but yo, fire! They they have the one one thing that I was able to notice off of it and stuff. Um, well, first of all, if you've never had Peruvian food, go go to a Peruvian restaurant and order yourself an arroz chaufa. That is their version of fried rice. Mm. They'll even they'll either do it with seafood or with chicken and vegetables. Yo, fire! Oh, fantastic! Yo, their version of fried rice is off the chain. But um. I, I was reading through the, the menu and they had arroz con pollo. I'm Cuban. I said, oh, arroz con pollo. I know arroz con pollo. Okay. But I'm also Cuban. So I'm like, I ain't coming to freaking Dr. Dr. Limon and waiting the line to get in this bitch. The freaking, um, to order arroz con pollo. pollo. Right. So I'm like, nah, bam, I'll order something else, whatever. Bro, the table next to me had an arroz con pollo. Their arroz con pollo is green. What? Yo, not typically a color a color associated with good food. You know what I mean? I mean maybe no, a curry, but mind explodes. The rice, the rice was green. The chicken, dark green. Like if it was fucking like if it was um what's uh what's the Italian freaking a pesto. Uh, a pesto. Pesto, like it was like that, like it was pesto chicken. It was fucking crazy. And uh and I asked them, of course, because I'm a freaking fat ass and I don't I have no shame in public. And I asked the freaking people next to what is that you're eating? And they're like, oh, el arroz con pollo. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. So I still have to go back and try the green arroz con pollo. I still haven't had that yet. 
But yeah, man, freaking super interesting food, man. Really good place. Dope, dope, dope. Do you um do you get busy in the kitchen yourself? Me? Yeah. Um I the my two go-tos that I cook for my wife and, and my kids when it's when I want to freaking treat them to something good and especially my wife that I wanna I wanna freaking do something romantic and have a good night of cooking with her. Okay. Um, I can cook I could cook a mean shrimp and mushroom risotto. Oh, which, okay. Which which isn't easy, bro. Risotto you gotta stay on top of. Yeah. And if if you if you see any YouTube video, right, once again. <laughs> Go back to the-, <laughs> the YouTube video. If you see a YouTube video that any YouTube video will tell you to cook that shit for 30 minutes, it's a lie. That is a fucking lie. That's the quick, easy, cheap, I don't love you way of cooking risotto, <laughs> right? Dog, you have to stay on top of risotto for a good 45 minutes, stirring that shit. Yeah. Wow. And adding, and adding broth into it and adding freaking butter and freaking stirring it until it gets creamy. And then, dog, and um, and it's a labor of love, dog. One time, uh, I started getting chest pains over the freaking <laughs> And I thought, I'm, no, I'm too old. I'm going to have a heart attack here for you cooking risotto. Yo, so, uh, not until yeah, I finish yeah. the risotto. Not until I finish the risotto, goddammit. I'm going I'm going down in the books for this one. But, um, but yeah, dog, my freaking, my shrimp and mushroom risotto, my wife loves it to the point that she she tries risotto a lot whenever we go out to any Italian restaurant. And she always tells me it's still not as good as yours. And wow. Something I, something I pat my back, myself on the back for. That's because, that's because because some people are watching the YouTube video and it's telling them only stirring for thirty minutes. Nah, bro. I freaking I watched this one Italian guy. Is that like yo? Keep on stirring that shit until you freaking get tired. I'm like I'm going with this guy. Um, but uh, so I cook that good and I cook a fucking I cook a mean honey glazed garlic salmon and stuff. Those are the only two. And then I could fuck I could fuck with the grill all day and stuff. But uh, other than that, yeah, no, I'm I'm not too good in the kitchen and stuff. I'm 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 too ADHD. Uh. I don't pay attention to freaking measurements that good and stuff, so I'm not good. I have a stepson, my old my oldest stepson, Kyle. Mm-hmm. There's just there's just some people that are born for that shit. And this kid, man, yo, just he, Kyle, man, yo, he will make you any sauce that you have freaking tasted at any restaurant. He's forever making sauces. The other day, he made freaking a blooming onion here in, at home. Got a freaking onion, chopped freaking bomb, freaking diced it up the way that they do, freaking so it curls out. Battered that shit. And made the freaking Zesty Ranch, the Zesty Blooming Onion sauce from Outback, dog. Yo, to the T, dog. That's that's one of the sauces, man, right there. I I don't really know sauces like that, but that that Blooming Onion sauce, that I know it's got horseradish in it. I know it. (laughs) I know, I know that you got some horseradish. Yo, I don't, (laughs) bro. He he be he be pulling out. I see him going to the freaking refrigerator and pulls out mayonnaise. Freaking Worcestershire goes up. Freaking gets down the pepper. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. Turns it up. He's. I'm like, what is that? He's like, freaking McDonald's special sauce. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> bro, he's freaking crazy, dog. Yeah, that, that is freaking, yeah, he's he's freaking automatic with it. So some people got it, some people freaking don't. So, but um, but yeah, I, I leave the cooking to to my wife, to my freaking stepson, and I get in there a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you one thing, bro. Not going out to eat at restaurants during this quarantine has saved us so much money, dog. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, the, the first two weeks of the freaking quarantine, um, our grocery bills freaking topped 1300 easy. Ooh. Yeah, and, and that's when we said... That's on, without dog. toilet paper, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, yo, so we didn't waste the money in the restaurants and everything else, but fuck, yo. But, but that was the first two weeks, and we felt yeah. the shock then. 
But now yeah. it was it was just today that we went into the freezer and we we're like, oh, we finally have to go and do meat shopping again because <laughs> we went so crazy at the beginning. We thought it was the end of the world. We we're like, oh, we got to hunker down. We bought so much that now, finally, after six weeks, it's week seven already, that uh, that we're finally saying, okay, now it's time to go back out there and do a big shopping where we've been buying a little. Sh- yeah, the little shit, milk and eggs and shit. Every yeah. other day. We're sitting with, with the with the little stimulus check that they sent out and mm-hmm. and just not going out and eating and wasting like like you do on the regular because we don't we don't realize that, bro. We are so conditioned to going out and just spending. Well, the only reason we've gotten through this whole thing without tearing each other's heads off, right? Because when it first started happening, I was like, yo, shit's gonna get bad. But the only reason it hasn't is because we've had these little screens to look at. Yo, if it wasn't for that, Ed, we'd be going, yo. Today, my internet went out at home while I was working. And I had to call my boss. I'm like, yo, the internet's down. I'm sorry, I can't freaking, I can't get, I can't receive calls. I can't get on the computer. He's like, okay, AT&T's on the way, whatever. Bah, cool. So I said, oh, cool. I got some time off today. Bro, my six kids started coming out of every freaking cubbyhole like, What's going on? What's going on? They're like, oh, shit, they don't have internet. Fuck. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't have that much concern when they said that there was a coronavirus coming to the United no, States. No, bro. The only thing that freaking, <laughs> yo, the shit that freaking kills them is like, what do you mean there's no Wi-Fi? Fuck. Well, what is the president saying about it? That's <laughs> what they're asking. <laughs> What's he doing about this? Is there a task force? <laughs> I want to hear from Fauci. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Um, Yo, hey, are you into sweets? Is that something that uh that appeases to you, bro? I I, I love it, especially freaking uh after after a long night and stuff. I have to freaking dip into, but sadly, the my the limit of my sweets is freaking a bowl of uh Captain Crunch peanut butter cereal, dog peanut butter crunch. Cereal. Okay, okay. okay. So there, there's there's nothing worse. Than freaking listening to music late night, watching some freaking rap battles or whatever, and uh, whatever, smoking a little freaking late nighter and stuff, and then you come in and you're you're winding down in front of the TV, eating your cup of cereal, watching barbecue grill offs, and, <laughs> and you're there watching the freaking cooking ribs, and you're like, shit, all I have is this cornflakes. That shit sucks. <laughs> Right, but uh, but yeah, if it was uh, if it went into desserts, it, it's always a decision you have to make, right? Is it, are you gonna go the chocolate way, or are you gonna go the the ice the vanilla ice cream fruity way, like the apple mm-hmm. crunch dessert that they freaking serve? And I usually lean towards that apple crispy crunch vanilla freaking ice cream way, dog. But I'll tell you one thing: if you ever want to try something that'll blow your mind. They're all over the place. I don't know if they got them up in up in your way. Um, it's a chain out here called Sushi Saki. Do they have those up in up by you? I've seen I've seen one up here. Yes, I want to say off of a uh, seventy five in Sheridan. I think. I think so. Yeah, there's one up there in seventy five Sheridan. I know exactly what you're talking about. So Sushi Saki, great freaking great hibachi, great sushi, great freaking fried rice and stuff. There, their uh, pineapple special fried rice is crazy comes in a pineapple mm. um but i'll go there after a late night dog just i'll stop in there just to have they have a tempura deep fried brownie that they freaking deep fry this brownie block right in tempura. I, go ahead i i i i um i'm a little emotional right now yo, no, no, uh, yo, 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 yo. 
they deep fry this freaking brownie block, right, in tempura batter, and they freaking bring it out, and they slice it down the middle, and there's ice cream in the middle, dog. No, no. Hey, listen. <laughs> I refuse to believe that you opened up for most deaf. They lost all. I refuse to believe you now, because there's no way that most of these places, when you get anything tempura, is they try to give you some fried ice cream or a banana that's deep fried. What you're talking about is something on a whole other level. You're telling me that a brownie big enough to sustain ice cream in the center yes. is then is then dipped in probably like a, not a panko, but a tempura breading and then deep fried. This thing exists, is yes, what you're telling yes. me. The, 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 same, the same tempura batter that they use to, to make their tempura vegetables or their tempura yes. shrimp, that super yes. crispy, crackly freaking batter, they freaking, yeah. what, what they do is they reach under the, the bar and they pull out this block. This shit looks like a freaking old school uh, Nintendo cube, right? <laughs> and it's wrapped in cellophane and they unwrap the cellophane and they freaking dip it into the tempura batter right before your eyes. They turn around and they put it in the deep fryer and then they bring it back out in their tongs. They put it on a plate and they slice it in the middle, dog. And it's ice cream covered in the melted fudge, covered in the freaking warm brownie with the crispy tempura crust, dog. That when you that, touch that. it, oh my God, bro. It is fucking disgustingly orgasmic. It is sinfully heaven. Oh, yo, it is to die for, dog. I go over there and we sit down at the bar and they're like, can we get you guys a dinner menu or you just want the dessert menu? They're like, dessert, please. No. <laughs> Listen, um, you you for a second there, you had me convinced that, hey, listen, we th throughout this quarantine, um, saving money, we might realize that, you know, there's really no point to go out there and do any frivolous spending. Um, I was even going to I was even going to pose the question as to you is like, OK, where's that spot that you're going to go to? All that being said, where you're going to go to once this thing is done? You told me, oh, you know, we want to keep the, the, the habit of maybe not spending so much money. Now you put me on a mission <laughs> so that. It's unavoidable. I'm as soon as they, as soon as we hit phase two, as soon as, I'm gonna pull up to that restaurant. I'm gonna follow all social distancing rules. I'm gonna to be at the bar about six feet away from the other person. I'll wear gloves. <laughs> I just have to. I'll just have to experience what you just broke down on this show. Just tell them catapult it to me to my car. Thinking <laughs> I'll just drive by. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, man. We can have some dinner at home. Right, and then just go by there and just pick up the tempura brownie, dog. Anybody um, listening, sushi sake tempura brownie. Thank me later, dog. Yo, honestly, it's fantastic. H, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disturb the the place you just set, where you just left us off at. There's nowhere else to go here. We talked about your story, hip hop, the influence. We talked about beers drinking you drank beers you felt the buzz we, we witnessed the buzz kick in later on in the show i, <laughs> we, I couldn't recognize my daughter's dyed hair it was fantastic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked music we got deep into music we gave people an extensive uh view into what de la soul provided for just hip-hop in general and uh we just finished discussing food Checked all the boxes. There's nothing else left to do, but maybe you hit them up one last time where they could find you, where they could witness 
what it is to be part of Vice City In- Cyphers. Instagram, H2Owens. Once again, spell it with an eight. CH2Owens. Facebook, H2Owens. All uh, streaming platforms, H2Owens for my music. You could also go to vicecitycypher.com. The page is currently under construction, but we are building it up. And uh, you'll get all the upcoming news on local hip-hop happenings. And uh, once again, if you love hip-hop and you want to get involved in the local community in any way, first step, man, just tune into WVCC Scythe Life Radio uh, every Tuesday and Thursday from 9 to 12 o'clock. We're streaming on Twitch, but if you follow me on Facebook, uh, on Facebook, just follow Rudy, R-U-D-Y, Barrow, B-A-R-R-O, and um, I, I go ahead and post the invites all the time, and uh, just rock with us, man, and, and we're just making sure to do our part to keep hip-hop alive and well in, in South Florida, man. My peoples, the spillage, it's out now. It's just, it's just, just the start. Come and take a swim. Then you're gonna, yes, his cup runneth over. I'm saying. Then you're gonna get four albums throughout the summer, and then finally, the precipice. Yes, if I'm even using that word correctly, waterproof. waterproof. DJ proof. H2O. H2O. Doc Aqua. Yeah, hopefully, we, hopefully we go is. national and international with that album, man. And um, and it's just whoever's been rocking with me since freaking. Uh, the late '90s and stuff. Uh, I'm just we're we're just doing it, man. Trying to make one last push to if, to go out in a blaze of glory, if that's the way it's gonna be. If not, then to put out some good music for the next five years, man. So uh, rock with us, yo, Ed. Thank you so very much, man. It was a pleasure to be on the show. I'm a big fan, and uh, it was I was geeking out talking De La Soul with you, man. Thank you a lot, brother. I appreciate that, yo. We're gonna continue these conversations, like I said. Next time I find myself down there, I will not violate. Rule number two of the podcast. I will shout out H2O whenever I'm down in the Kendall area. That will happen. We'll go have a freaking deep fried brownie, bro. Yes. I don't care how that looks. Two grown ass men doing it, but it's going to be done. No, we got to bring the girls with us. <laughs> we can't be like. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got crazy. The brownie. The brownie alone confused the <laughs> yes, shit out of me. Nah, bro. I'm not going to be sitting at you with two long freaking sp- sitting at a table with you with two long spoons. Are you looking into each other's eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Quote, quoting pasta news now nah, it ain't gonna happen <laughs> yo y'all know what it is bruise beast and he's the podcast again i'd like to thank my guest h2o for taking the time sitting down and talking it up with me i'd like to thank you the listener for tuning in yet another week thank you so much sincerely if you enjoyed what you heard tell a friend if you didn't enjoy it tell an enemy tell somebody Tell a friend, Let tell a know whole, tell a foe tell any fellow we do it right like danny aiello yes <laughs> All streaming platforms. If you're listening to the spillage, get over and listen to another episode. Listen to the previous episodes. I, I'm I'm really perplexed with this whole fucking brownie thing, and I can't even do this outro. And uh, and that's why I do this show for man. I like people to share knowledge, dishes, beers, and music. So we we did it. And I'm gonna end it on that note. Bruce Beeson needs to podcast. Peace.